Did you know that Jodie Whittaker's doctor is definitely the doctor because she says, oh, brilliant. And if you put it next to a gif of David Tennant doing the same thing, then that means that it's definitely the same character. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the fact we saw him change into her. <laughs> hey, Radio Times, can I be employed? Play the theme. That's a real thing. Fuck me. That's a real thing. I was not expecting that. The Radio Times. Just like, proof that Jodie Whittaker's doctor is the doctor. Here's a gif of Tennant going, oh brilliant. Here's a gif of Jodie Whittaker going, oh brilliant. She's definitely the doctor. No, she's the doctor because she's been cast as the doctor. The fuck? I wonder how much they were paid for that article. Sorry, everybody. uh, Hi, I'm Chris. I'm Matt. I'm really pissed off. The state of journalism. So welcome to the Big Damn Cast. It's oh, business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> the difference is we don't get paid to talk shit. No, and, we do and, not. And not make any points. In fact, what we were getting paid, we're not even going to get paid anymore no, on the no. 20th of February. Thanks, uh, thanks YouTube. You really uh, solved that problem by dropping a fucking bomb on it. Yeah. Would you like to know some interesting bullshit? For those who don't, who don't know, YouTube uh, tightened its rules for partnership program entry. Uh, which recently last year they did they changed it so that you had to have had a total of 10,000 views over the course of your channel lifetime to qualify Uh, and I remember I was like oh god this channel's quite new are we going to make it we did like just in time for the deadline we crossed 10,000 views which was like get in releasing a weekly show I suppose will help lend toward that eventually Um, but and it's a big but (laughs) Um, they changed it last week to you need to have a minimum of a, a minimum of a thousand subscribers that you have accumulated in the last year. Not us, and you need to have uh, had over four thousand hours of your content viewed. So not four thousand views, four thousand hours. To give you an idea of how that works, Sonny Jim, if you release, say, like a show that was an hour long on YouTube, yeah, yeah. 4,000 people have to have watched that hour-long show. Yeah. And there's your 4,000 hours. Yeah. There it is. But they're not going to watch an hour-long show unless you create a breakout video or it's one in a series you've been doing for a very long time. Yeah. So channels have till the 20th of February to hit both of those things to continue being monetized. But I, I had to fight about it on Twitter with people because they were like, well, you'll get the money that you've earned. Like, YouTube have said they're going to send out all the money that they owe people despite if they've hit the limit or whatever. It's not that. It's, it's the, the fact it's that the this, platform, of the thing. this platform doesn't give a shit about you unless you are raking in cash for them. Yeah. And I think the only reason it's doing that, because why not just keep monetizing smaller channels and still make cash? Yeah, it's not a lot of cash, but it's a bit of cash. Yeah. Still make it. Why, why cut off doing that? Because this way, by Jingo, they'll be able to focus more human resources on the bigger channels and turn around in a month or so and go, hey, look, see? Notice how we haven't had any big incidents like the Logan oh, Paul thing? Yeah. It's because we're keeping on top of things, yo. We're keeping on top of the people who make us lots of money. Yeah. It's like, great. So how are smaller channels ever going to grow and thrive when your algorithm doesn't suggest any videos that aren't of a certain view from a certain view count that is just like, bollocks. So for those listening to it's this on YouTube, bullshit. we appreciate you a lot. Thank yes, you very much. Was that um, not clear? But now more than ever, uh, no, I mean, we do tend to end some episodes calling them a bunch of tomatoes. I thought the microphone was off. <laughs> Fuck. 
It's always on. Uh, so it's going to be always on every day from now on uh, until the 20th of February so we can get 4,000 viewing hours. Yeah, but because um, we've not got 4,000 viewing hours, we can get away with doing whatever we want because yeah, well, no one's going to be moderating our channel. There's this wonderful uh, tweet that was going around on the day that it all started to kick off last week where someone put, well, since I will no longer be monetized, I suppose it doesn't matter if I use copyrighted music from this point on. Yep. Woohoo! Like, no exclamation point. And then the gift that attached was Jafar going, ecstatic it was brilliant absolutely brilliant and and but, but, I, I love that i love that all the smaller youtubers are getting punished because the colossal youtubers have continued to fuck up yeah yeah uh, i said it on on youtube and i said it on twitter vimeo daily motion guys get your fingers out your asses yeah. Start updating your systems, figure out how people can monetize, and offer an alternative. Get your shit together and offer a competitor, because YouTube can do whatever the fuck they want at the moment. Mm. And it's mental. It's absolutely mental. Uh, But like I said, now more than ever, if you enjoy the show and you think your mates would enjoy it, pass it on, people. Because the algorithms and nothing like that is certainly going to suggest it elsewhere. If you want to spread the word, you've got to spread the word. And also, hopefully, Adventures in Backlog will be coming back next week, if everything goes according to plan. Well, if you hurry up and do uh, 4,000 hour-long episodes between now and the, and the 20th of February, we might just make it. I don't think there are 4,000 hours between now and the 20th of February. Well. I don't know. I have to do the maths on it. Maybe. They said it was to cut down on... Um, copycat channels and people who just repost successful videos that won't do that no. because those channels will meet the criteria those channels rake it in they will meet the criteria yeah because you're talking about networks like that do like the fucking Spider-Man and Elsa stuff and, and shit like that yeah but and like, also people who just like upload Vine compilations that aren't their property yeah it's like well tough shit because unless you like specifically target those guys they will qualify for your new terms yeah, that's just going to go through the roof it's mental I mean I, I worked I got. I became a YouTube partner in 2009 I worked on my YouTube content for three years yeah before I, I qualified for partner status as it was back then uh, and I'm not a huge YouTube channel my YouTube channel but I you know I, I work hard on every video I put out there mm. and I'm quite proud of them and now I'm just like oh, oh I guess no one cares then yeah on the site basically okay, fair enough um, you know and after at 12, nearly 12 years, that's pretty depressing. Um, but on the plus side, we do this weekly on iTunes and YouTube, so this ain't going anywhere, kids. And also, um, you can use the RSS feed from SoundCloud to grab us through whatever podcast yeah. app you like to use if you're an Android user or you don't like iTunes' built-in stuff. Cause that's true. I can't I, avoid Apple stuff wherever possible. I would do it. I was never... I was so happy when my, my girlfriend switched to an Android phone, which meant we could uninstall iTunes from the laptop. <laughs> it just felt like I was lifting a giant weight. Can you feel a brand new day? Oh, it was so good. Which, um, I mean, that being said, we're recording this on a Mac, so all hell could break Yeah, loose. but it's your Mac, so fuck you. Yeah, but I also have an iPhone with a dirty case, so I like to balance out the polished turd by making it look less polished. I'm disgusted. Speaking of polished turds, the Oscars the are Oscars. coming up. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, baiting has been successful for a lot of pictures that are clearly about issues and important oh, obvious so Oscar topics. Issues. But there have been some surprise twists and turns in the nominations. One that even just popped up on my phone as a yeah. news alert just now. So the, the leader in terms <laughs> of number of nominations for a, for, for a single film is the shape of water. Guillermo del Toro's... Woman um, fucks fish picture. Woman, woman, 
woman, <laughs> fish monster, horror, Cold War romance. And yeah. I'm like, all right. Okay. I'm down. Okay. A film which we've not got yet. We get it on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the States have had it for since before Christmas. Which um, again, like release time, you think, oh, surely we would have released it close to October, like autumn. No. It was a Christmas picture. Yeah. It was a Christmas release. Yeah. And um, it's it's supposedly brilliant and I can't wait to see it. But it's got 13 nominations, which for a genre picture, we haven't had something like that since... Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Return of the King, yeah. yeah. 2003. Yeah. 2004 yeah. Oscars. And it's just... <gasps> oh, excuse me. To see... <laughs> it's got what? It's got best best director, best picture, best actress for Sally Hawkins, best supporting actress for Octavia Spencer, best supporting actor for Richard Jenkins. Probably a bunch of the stuff that I haven't looked into yet. But yeah. And you watch, they won't get it for like effects. It's like, really? I know that's the one that you tend to shove mainstream movies into just so you can be like, oh, look, see, we gave your precious fucking action adventure yeah. film nomination. But I, I think this one would probably pop up in there somewhere. Oh, um, of course. We, oh, it, oh, oh. Um, because that's why Suicide Squad is labelled an Oscar-nominated film. Oh God, yeah. Because it was nominated for effects, which baffles me to this day. Because, but the Dark Knight Croft looks awful. That was that got nominated for Best Actor, didn't it? Heath Ledger won. Yeah, uh, posthumously. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably the last big genre recognition that was in the Oscars. And even then, um, I think part of it was down to just the revelation of the performance and them going, "Well, we should probably tick that box." So mm. It's like, which is a well deserved. Yeah. I, I, I always, I sort of stand by the belief, having been in an environment where, where people have works on stuff that's like gone up for BAFTAs and things. I stand by the belief that the nomination is the best part. Yeah, because it's like, oh, cool, a big acknowledgement of the work we did. Winning is completely incidental. Yeah. Because ultimately it's decided by a bunch of, in most cases, crusty old white guys in a room. Out of touch. Which makes some of these nominations surprising. I know, because um, Shape of Water is not the only genre one to be up in the running for best picked yet. It's not. In fact, again, I think the last time something like this happened was Mad Max. A couple of years back. Yeah. Um, But yeah, get out. Get out. No, it was an instruction. Best picture. I'm sick of you. Oh, shit. No, but stay. Let's talk talk about um, the movie Get Out. Let's talk about Hollywood. Hey, Get Out. Like my movie. The Get Out. I was (laughs) really, really hoping that this would get some love. Because it's brilliant. And also, um, it's not as white as so many of the movies that are in this fucking Yeah, part of me's worried that it is an Oscar board pick to sort of go, see... See, we do pick black movies. It's like it's not it's not but, black movies. But it's, having it's, seen it's it, the lack of it's the lack of non-white faces in the last couple of years at yeah. your ceremony and, and the nominations was the worrying thing. But all the same, if Get Out wins Best Picture, holy shit! But let, let's look at the company that it's keeping. <clears throat> Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated. Get Out. Dunkirk. That never goes. Dunkirk's in there. Alright, cool. So they'll probably love that because, oh, Christopher Nolan, you're so clever. And and um, war, innit? And war. Uh, three billboards outside of Bing, Missouri, which I saw last week, and is Fine? not good. Not good. It's, oh. it's got some great performances in it. What about the dink? Which is why it's been recognised. Is the dink He's good? barely in it. Yeah. Like, he's in he's in one scene near the beginning, and then he disappears from the film for like is he an the killer? hour and 15 minutes. Is he the killer? No. Oh, all right. And then, so I just assumed I was like, wait, so he's at the beginning, and, and then the... he comes back for a couple more scenes towards the end, and that's it. So he's not the like, killer. He's he's. Do we find three... the killer? Three billboards <laughs> has structural problems. Do they find the killer? In that it doesn't end. Is the killer one of the billboards? It just stops. Is it a time travel paradox? And 
the three billboards were always there and killed her daughter. No, 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 Did no, the three billboards no. conspire to kill her daughter no, the three billboards... so that they would be used? They were just sat in a shed somewhere. The three billboards have no agency in the plot. They are purely plot devices. To goad um, our Woody Harrelson into doing stuff. Kind of. Okay. It's a movie which tries to be about redemption and be like, anyone can be redeemed for anything. <laughs> but actually it comes across as people can do whatever they want and not face any consequences. Who's the lead? Francis, Francis McDonald. McDonald. Is she good? Yeah. Okay. Everyone's good in it. Yeah. It's just not very good. It's just it's just a bit of a mess. It's it's like it's like a lesser Cohen film. Yeah. Where you go just Wow. Everyone in this is pretty good. It just meanders about uh, a bit. What's and the then point? Of it? Gets onto this subplot and then onto this subplot for a little bit and then just stops. Ah. And it feels twice as long as it is. Ah. Uh, what else is in there? Uh, Call Me By Your Name, which I haven't seen. Lady Bird, which I haven't seen. Oh, Call Me By Your Name, that's the romance one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So good things. Um, Army Hammer. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Darkest Hour, which is Gary Oldman does his best acting. <laughs> um, the, the, the film that feels like Oldman's going I'm going to pack it in now here's my last attempt at yeah like, maybe although, he's, although I'll he's... pile on the prosthetics and yeah it's just like play Churchill in the second mainstream release about Churchill this it year it just feels a bit of a like like a it's just so blatantly a, uh, this so, is some my of these best mo- yeah, some attempt. of these movies feel like a movie parody version of Oscar nominated movies yes. and this feels like one of them um Get Out, we talked about Phantom Thread, which I know jack all about other than it's apparently... It's a P.T. Anderson movie, and I quite like P.T. Anderson, and also it's... Is that the one with Jeremy Irons? No, it's... Um, no, it's not Jeremy Lewis. Ah, looking like in Jeremy Irons. In his actual final role. Oh, real, yeah! For real this time, not a lion. For real, Honest, not crossing my fingers behind my back. Until his Take that S comeback in a few years. We've already had that. <clears throat> well, have we? Yeah. Yeah, we'll take that came back twice, technically. Um, yeah. And then, th- and then thrice. And then four times! All of them within their second comeback. <laughs> Look, it's Take That, but mine's Robbie. And then... And course... they're back with Robbie! And they're back without Robbie! And and now there's only three of them. And then The Post. <laughs> Which, again, I love me some Hanks and I love me some Street, but it does it just reeks of, this is our Oscar movie, guys, guys. Yeah. It's our Oscar movie. It's about freedom of the press. It's our Oscar movie. Hey, Yeah? You look at the... See what we... Oh, Daniel Kaluuya's Oscar up for movie. Best Actor. <gasps> Okay, again, winning winning matters not. Do or do not, there is no try. Um, but the fact that he's an... Daniel Kaluuya is an Oscar-nominated actor now. Daniel Kaluuya. That is awesome. He's an Oscar-nominated actor. Fuck, that's so cool. Fucking love Daniel Kaluuya. Tea Leaf. Tea Leaf is an Oscar-nominated, is an Oscar-nominated actor. actor. That's so fucking cool. That is amazing. Oh. oh. If, he, if he wins it, he better refer to it as his Holy of Holies. <laughs> oh yes. Um, so yeah, let's hope that the Shape of Water and Get Out get some recognition at the mm. Oscars because everything else on that list is just kind of like this is the same shit that gets nominated every year. <laughs> Though I don't think it's an Oscar-winning performance, I'm surprised that culturally they haven't taken Wonder Woman into consideration and put Jenkins up for director or Godot up for actor. I don't think a performance is Oscar worthy, no. but it's a really, really compelling, enjoyable performance. And Jenkins' direction of that movie is fucking great for somebody who does not direct action movies. Yeah. 
I'm surprised. I'm surprised Wonder Woman's been snubbed this year. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I'll see. <laughs> they but all enough on uh, enough blow. on female superhero movies and the lack thereof. For now. For now. What's next on the uh, docket? You handsome sprocket. I don't know what that is, but it rhymes. Let's have a little catch up about the comics industry because some stuff's what happening. What the fuck? Um, our I'm sick of comics. I spent the last two days moving them our, from shelf to shelf. The lovely Dan Slot. The lovely Daniel Slotar. Did we ever give him his dog back? Oh shit. No, it's dead. That's what that, that smell is. That dog is dead. That's what that smell is. Um, <laughs> he's oh, finishing God. his, what, 10-year run on Amazing Spider-Man? Yes, his 10-year tenure. Ten- his tenure. Um, yeah, tenure. He, he started 2007 as part of the Brand New Day team. Um, and then took over full-time with Big Time. And yeah, he's wrapping up. Uh, and according to an interview with, I think it was Variety this week, when he announced it, because he announced it by just retweeting the uh, the interview that announced that he was leaving, with the simple word, boom, was boom. the tweet. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he, he said that he knew about four years ago where he was going to stop. And he always kept setting himself deadlines. So he'd always be like, all right, I want to I get 200 issues. Yeah. Oh, I want to get 250. Oh, I want to get to, like, um, standard. <laughs> oh, I want to get to, do you know what I mean? He kept yeah. setting himself goals. And he's now, I believe, the longest-serving writer of the book itself. I might be wrong. Starting from his Brain Trust, Brand New Day days. Yeah. Um, however, he just said, had he known in advance, he would have extended his tenure just a little bit longer by seven years' worth <laughs> um, to beat out Bendis, um, who technically has the longest run on a Spider-Man story. Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man right up to his last issue of yeah. current Spider-Man. Because um, obviously, like, basically, Bendis has the longest consistent run on the character specifically based on a version he was writing for. Yeah. So, Peter Parker and Ultimate Spider-Man and then the end of Peter going to Miles Morales and Miles Morales to yeah. current Miles Morales. So, it's like, yeah, he's like, if I'd have known that at the time, I would have held out for another year. But, uh, the plan is, uh, giant sized 800 will be out later this year, I believe. Spider Man 800. Spider Man 8, motherfucker. I remember I was going to town on. Hello. Awesome. Going to town on Boxing Day to pick up 700. Yeah, Boxing Day 20. I want to say 2012? 2012, 2013. What year did, uh, Amazing Spider Man come out? 2012. It was, it was, um. Oh, tits. Hang on. Right. When did Amazing Spider Man 2 come out? 2014. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Christmas 2012. Yeah. Because uh, we got we had a good year and a half of Superior. Yeah. Before Peter came back. And it was a good year. In time for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because, obviously, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out at the same time. Issue 1 of the new volume of Amazing Spider-Man came out. Which has now been renumbered. Oh, yeah. Marvel Legacy. Well, it's been renumbered a couple times since then. That that run only had, like, 12 issues before it was renumbered again. Yeah. yeah. yeah for the, for the uh, post-Secret Wars worldwide Mental. stuff. Mental. Uh, and then with um, Marvel Legacy, everything's been renumbered back to its original numbering. Which makes sense for this, because obviously it means we get giant-sized 800! I mean, I mean, series tend to do that um, for their anniversary issues, which we'll talk about in a moment when we get to the next bit of item. But before we do, what's Dan moving on to? Well, after he completes issue 801, which will be his mm-hmm. final one, which we suspect is because it's a more smaller personal story, and he always wanted to end with that one. 
instead of the big blockbuster 800th issue, which will no doubt have like guest writers and, and extra bits and bobs in it. Oh, yeah. Um, he's moving on to another Marvel mainstay. And he said in the interview, he worded it perfectly, he said, like, I'm moving on from the character I always wanted to write ever since I was a kid to the character that every kid wants to read now because he's, like, their favourite. Um, he's moving on to Iron Man. And I really can't wait to see what he'll do with the character because Dan's a bit of a polarising figure. I'm not talking about when people get into arguments with him about various things on Twitter. I'm not talking about that. Which is always entertaining. Which is always entertaining. Um, because usually you look at it and you go, yeah, Dan's completely in the right here. <laughs> like, you just need to shut up. He's not go- He's replying to you because you keep answering back to him. He's just going to keep replying. Yeah. Like, um, although sometimes I do look at it and I go, Dan, stop tweeting. Dan. Just stop tweeting. Put it down. Put it down. You'll be a happier person today if you stop tweeting. But based on his writing, he's very polarizing. A lot of people really haven't enjoyed uh, Peter being taken on these journeys, like working for Horizon Labs at the start of the brand new day stuff. Um, you know, ended up with like a version of Parker Industries. Most controversially, people really didn't enjoy him dying and being replaced with Doc Ock. Oh, I love Superior Spider-Man. But, yeah, on the wonderfully happier, greener grass end of the spectrum, a lot of people really freaking dug these things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Superior Spider-Man is probably my favourite, aside from Ultimate, it's probably my favourite, like, consistent run on a Spidey yeah. book. Superior was fascinating. Like, Peter's dead. Octavius is in his body. What happens now? What we got was a year and a half of fucking excellent what happens now stories. And then a beautiful epilogue with him showing up in the Spider-Verse story from earlier in his timeline. So you as a reader are like, oh God, like if only he knew what was going to happen. And similarly, like, oh my God, he's found out what's going to happen. Oh my God, he's planning contingency. Like, it's it it was so good. He's the cook. The cook. He's the cook. He's a cook. I love... I love the Parker industry stuff, what I've read so far. Because, again, it's just a... Here's what happens if Peter's Tony. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and there's a bit of butting heads. Like, that's what's excited me to find out what he'll do with Iron Man. Because other writers have tried to do stuff with Iron Man like that. I mean, one of them was literally a shock tactic copy-paste of Superior Spider-Man. They did Superior Iron Man after Axis, I think it was. Yeah, it wasn't quite a... It wasn't no, quite not a not directly, but it was... Yeah. Tony's now a, a jackass. And he's basically the... But like, but, like, for... but like a straight-up horrible person. And he wasn't around for long because he got swallowed up into Secret Wars. But it was just, I remember reading two issues of that going, why? Like, this just feels odd. You Superior- could say the same Sub- thing about Axis. Yeah, Axis, fucking Axis. I mean, I read, I read, um, Superior Carnage, which I think was the book that span out of Axis. No, yeah. no or, or Carnage Axis. Um, that was a fun mini, it's like Carnage is suddenly a good guy. He's compelled to be good and he's not sure why. So he like kidnaps this reporter who's written about him and is like, look, you write about good guys and bad guys, right? Tell me how to be a good guy. And she's like, leave me alone, you <laughs> scary monster man. <laughs> Terrifying. And he's like, no, I'm not a scary monster man. Well, I am, but I just, I want to know, like, do I save lives? How does it work? And it's, it was a weirdly fascinating idea of like, let's take a murderer, a fucking serial killer with an alien weapon. And suddenly now he doesn't want to kill people anymore. And some of the Axis stuff, and he's not sure why. As well, because yeah. uh, like that Axis Hobgoblin mini was quite fun. It was just about Kingsley like selling more stuff in supervillain auctions, and the fact that people were turning back on him and things like and, that. Uh, Sabretooth stayed inverted after the Axis as well. Did he? So he's yeah. a good guy. Like yeah. I don't know if he still is because I haven't really been following the X books. I've read the first volumes of X Men Blue and X Men Gold. Which one day, 
the last 10 years worth of X-Men stuff's going to be on a massive sale in some place, and I'm going to go, all right, cool, let's see what you've got. As it stands, every time I look at an X-Men front cover now, I'm like, I have no idea who that is, why Colossus looks like Juggernaut, what the, the post, fuck is happening. The post-Secret World stuff isn't... <laughs> Isn't great, um, no. but the blue and gold stuff. And I didn't hate is fine. AVX, so like AVX I don't fine. mind them throwing curveballs. Yeah. But uh, Kieran Gillen's Uncanny X Men one was really good. Um, well, it's Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen's pretty yeah. so, on everything he touches. Um, what um, else was good? The the, ben, the Bendis Uncanny and All New. I I quite liked. I, yeah, I read the first three arcs of All New, and I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, the the, the, the crossover <clears throat> stuff, with the exception of Old Man Logan, just didn't hit with me. Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan in modern Marvel. That old Man Logan. He just, he just keeps on cutting. Um, um, I don't know. You Yeah, it makes me kind of sad that they're bringing back Vanilla, Vanilla Logan. Vanilla Logan. That sounds delicious. Vanilla Logan. Um... Cause it's like a Blu-ray copy of the movie Logan, but the the, the outside cover's like a scratch and sniff. Well, I just liked. I just. Where's that in the Oscar noms? Logan. Yeah, yeah. for something. I mean, it was freaking gorgeous. Yeah, the supporting actor though. Patrick Stewart. Where's that nomination? I don't know. Best supporting actress Daphne Keane. Mm. Mm. Nah. Um. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, I like that movie, but I'm. I'm, I'm Best. I can't. Annoying yeah, earworm well. song in a trailer nomination. We're down, we're That's all I've got. Can we... Uh, can ye? Can we all agree... I'm going to let you finish. ...that um, John Denver was in altogether too many movies this last year? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm an advocate of... Oh, hey, it's that guy! Patterns in things, so... But, like, that song was just in so many things. And, like... Yeah, just hey, it's that guy count if it's audio. That's a good point. And also, I really yeah, didn't like, need... Yeah, the, the same way that Kanye West's power is in too many trailers now. I didn't really need to hear Mark Strong bellowing it at the top of his lungs for altogether too long in that sequence in Kingsman. <laughs> but Mark Strong. But Mark Strong. Um, but anyway, Kingsman 2. Um, but Mark Strong. Speaking of landmark issues... A? 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 Guess what's just around the corner? A? Action Comics issue one thousand. That's what I said. Hey, issue one thousand. Wait a minute, Matt. Action Comics isn't that the comic book that debuted eight freaking decades ago? The Adventures of the One and Only Superman. It is, and to celebrate, <laughs> he's getting his, he's getting his red trunks back. What? Oh my god! No, you don't understand. That's perfect. In, in, in that's perfect. Not just because like it's a design that people have been clamoring to see the return of, but. He's turning 80. He needs a diaper. Hey! Hey! It'll happen to us all one day. It's out on April 18th. And oh. it's the debut of a new Superman costume designed by Jim Lee, which is basically the old Superman costume. So, there you go. It's basically the classic Superman costume. I've shown you a picture of it. It's Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that the comic the books Superman costume? are doing what the films aren't doing and giving us what we'd like to see? Well, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of liking to see... It's got a bunch of variant covers, one for each decade. 
Oh shit. Steve um, Rude is drawing a 1930s cover. Michael Cho's drawing a 1940s cover. Dave Gibbons is drawing a 1950s cover. Mike Allred is drawing a 1960s cover. That is a match made in heaven. Jim Steranko is drawing a 1970s cover. That was a match made on earth. Josh Middleton is drawing an 80s cover. Dan Jurgens is drawing a 1990s cover. Yeah. And Lee Mayo is drawing a 2000s cover. So, you know, that's fucking awesome. Also... <laughs> What's actually in the book? Gold! Um, Nazi gold! That's so, where they hid the Nazi gold. Yes. In the story of the of the, the space-age Jewish immigrant. That's where they hid it. That's the uh, where they hid it. Um, so, God. For those wondering why the hell I said that, that Superman's creators were Jewish, and basically the story of Superman is the story of Moses. Superman! Um... True, true that. So, Which is why it's annoying when Zack Snyder keeps portraying him as a messianic figure. Stop, he, he's not stop, Jesus, he's Moses. Stop. Oh. Um, <laughs> let's not, let's not. Um, so, the great... <laughs> Quiet! The creative teams of the current, of the two current Superman books yeah. over at DC, so Superman and Action Comics, are getting a 15-page story each in Action Comics 1000, so Action Comics writer Dan Jurgens is writing and drawing a story, and Superman... Co-writer Pat Gleason is drawing a story by his co-writer Peter J. Tomasi. Also, newly exclusive DC writer Brian Michael Bendis. This, you know, upstart. This, oh, this guy has come young, out of nowhere. This young ragamuffin. <laughs> this, this young ragamuffin, this, Brian this, Michael this, Bendis. This, this, this sprightly, inexperienced father yes. of three <laughs> with decades of writing experience. He'll be writing a <laughs> ten-page story drawn by Jim Lee. Now that sounds like um, it's a fun little, uh, fun little tricky bit of summit. Bendis' first DC work since 2000, when he wrote Batman and Chronicles 21 with Michael Gaydos. Ooh. So the alias team writing a bit of uh, Batman Chronicles. Cheeky bit of bait um, We're also getting stories from... <laughs> Cheeky bit of bait Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We're also getting stories from... <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, oh. Richard Donner with Jeff Johns and Olivier Coypel. Okay. Which is going to be fucking awesome. Uh, Paul Dini with Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Oh, yes. yes. Tom King with mm-hmm. Clay Mann and Jordi Belair. Brad Meltzer with Wait, John... Wait, Clay Mann or Clayface? Clay Mann. No, no. Clayface is over in Detective Comics. Tom King's not writing that. Um, <laughs> Brad Meltzer with John Cassidy and Laura Martin. Louise Simonson with Jerry Ordway. Scott Snyder with Tim Sale. That's good. Fucking sweet. That would be nice. Um, and, and Marv Wolfman is writing a new story based on unpublished art by the late Kurt Swan. And there's more to be announced. Dun, 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 dun. And all of DC superhero titles are getting Superman variants for April. Oh, that's cool. And, that's um, pretty sweet. There's a hardcover companion book, an action comics hardcover companion coming out uh, by <laughs> Paul Levitz. The one-time DC publisher. So, action comic. It's, it's a good time to be into Superman. I might pick that up because I've been liking Superman recently. I've 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 been I've, I'm very behind. I read the first couple of arcs of Superman and Action Comics and liked both of them. Mm. Um, what of the, since, uh, the since rebirth? rebirth. Yeah. yeah, since rebirth. And I've gone back and read eight or nine volumes of the Man of Steel era. John Byrne stuff. John, well, the volume one is the John Byrne miniseries, and then after that, it collects. All the Superman stuff, yeah. Logically, but I think I've got eight or nine. I can't remember how many I've got, but I've read those, and they're mostly good. Yeah, I've read. The, I've, give, re- I've read the John Byrne mini. Yeah. They, 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 they give you a, a, a good feel for the character and a lot of his stuff. But um, 
Yeah, and and I've been reading the Grant Morrison uh, JLA run recently, which which has some really good yeah. Superman stuff in it, including one volume where he's Superman Blue because it just happened in that that time period. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's just when it happened. That's the uh, thing. So that was weird. Um, <laughs> hey kids, that's but a hey, thing. But hey, um, so yeah, that's that's happening. That's cool. Action Comics one thousand. Um, beloved character turning eighty. Getting, also, his, getting his incontinence pants never, off. Never going to go out of copyright. But red trunks. We're getting the red trunks back. Going to get the red trunks. Going to get the red trunks. Hard cut. No segue. Oh. Tomb Raider. Yes. What's your next question? <laughs> Tomb Raider dropped a new trailer. Like yeah. a dirty bag of laundry. You've not seen it, have you? I've not seen it yet. So I'd like you to describe it to me. In a minimal detail. No, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it on. Oh, <gasps> you can't do that. I'm just gonna put it on. And I'm you gonna... can't do that. Oh, I got. No, I tell a lie. I'm gonna watch your. I have seen it, but it was this. It was on mute in bed in the I'm middle of the night, watch... and it was the square Twitter version with all the text on it. I am gonna watch your reactions. Okay. Uh, this is Tomb Raider trailer two. This isn't. This is an advert for the iPad. <laughs> I can't skip, motherfucker. <laughs> Please support your local God, uh, ad provider and and stuff. Uh, yeah, I've got an iPad Pro. And, uh, my mummy bought me an iPad Pro and I'm in Paris. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is the best bit of the trailer. This is the white circle going around while it's loaded. There we go. Yeah. So London, Dominic West. So they're really focusing on the dad plot again. Oh, it's on the remake, isn't it? So yeah, well, the dad plot's a whole thing in Rise. Yeah. Um, someone's getting hit, she's getting hit in the face, and she's a bite person. Um, see, I'm not as I'm I'm not as sold on the idea of the remake being a basis for anything. Yeah. Um, simply because Lara Croft to me. So this should is that be bit that from the first from the first new game where the boat crashes. And then she ends up on an island, remember that bit? Yeah. That's what happens there. So Lara Croft to me is... Seven years. I've been on yeah, so, hey, there's, oh. so there's a guy stuck on an island and he's a bad guy. And that's that. Remember that from the, from the first new game? Yeah. And he's Walton Goggins, which is different. So. Yeah. yeah. No, Lara Croft to me is a fucking awesome smug-as-fuck adventurer who steals antiquities from ancient tombs is confident in how badass she is, yeah. and is essentially just like she she she's the the wealthy power fantasy made real. She's Indiana Jones, yeah. except she's not a sleaze. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. Indiana Jones is charming as fuck, but as uh, as he is a sleaze. As Red Light Media summed up, Indiana Jones isn't the most appealing thing about those stories. It's the idea of like, oh my god, I wish I could be him. Yeah, that's the appealing thing. And Lara Croft's like the same, except she's cool as a fucking cucumber. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the appeal of those stories to me. Look, she's climbing on things like she does in the game. Oh my god, it's Destiny's Child. It's it's a... A rearrangement. It's a, like, epic movie trailer rearrangement of Destiny's Child. Oh. Because she's a survivor. Oh. Um, yeah. It's... I it's, mean... It just looks also, she has a bow now because she has a bow in the game. Like, that's the thing that happens. This just looks really bland, if I'm honest. It does look a bit bland, doesn't it? And, like... Yeah, like I'm not feeling a rhythm here. But also, there's the whole oh, my dad died because he knew about a secret society, and now I've got again secret society, and that's the plot. I know, but like Tomb Raider's 
Tomb Raider's had two movies already. Yeah. That was the plot of both movies, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Tomb, like, that's what I was saying when I say Tomb Raider to me, like, Lara Croft is just a badass adventure. That's the plot of Tomb Raider, though. Like, yeah, but... Except it isn't. Like, it isn't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's... it's the plot of the new Tomb Raider. Yeah, and, and it's in the older stuff, for sure, but it's... I'm going to say something that's going to make me sound like such a whiny little SJW, but... Oh, hear that's me, hear me never out. happened before hear... on this show. But hear me out. You've never been accused of that before by idiots. Mainstream media and movie-going audiences will only ever think of Lara Croft as the woman who's trying to find out her dad's legacy. Yeah. Everything she's done in mainstream adaptations, aside from the games themselves, the original source, is her trying to figure out what her dad did. Yeah. Or, like, learn about her dad, or do what her dad says in his, his you know, his leftover instructions, things like that. And I, it's sort of, she's got no individual agency I'm, in I'm okay with that being, like, the original spark that started her curiosity, but yeah. for it to be everything that she's about. Yeah. You, if you're doing a movie, yeah. do that for story two. Yeah. Like, the sequel is, yeah, yeah. oh shit, I'm finding some stuff out about my family here that I only had, like, an inkling Maybe of. seed it as part of a backstory in the first one? Yeah. But don't, like, make the first one about that. Like, she but, only but becomes done that this twice. adventurer because... But now they've done it twice. <sighs> like, twice they've been like, oh, it's about it's about her going, I'm daddy's girl and I want to appease daddy even though he's dead. Like, that's the story. It's like, that's boring. Show me... If, like, I'm not saying the character shouldn't have emotional depth, obviously, and, you know, and, like, investments in, in, in family and friends. But, like, show me... Who she is first. Show me, show me the money. Show me who she is first. Show me who Lara is first. Yeah. And then deconstruct her. Like, don't build her... I, I, that was why the remake game never appealed to me when they first were talking about it. Because I was like, I don't want to see the origin of the Tomb Raider. That first game's fine, though. Like, it's, I, mean, it's I, okay. I imagine so, but like, I don't want to see... The story I'm interested in isn't... How did Lara Croft become the Tomb Raider? Here's the thing. That's not a name. It's not a superhero no, not title. And also, she's not she, tomb, she finds some tombs as optional side missions in that first yeah. game of the reboot. But the like, second it's one got is... nothing to do with her being a Tomb Raider. The second one is Rise of the Tomb Raider. So I guess she is the Tomb Raider now. And that's who she is. But again, it's not like the main thrust of the second one, is it? Uh, and the third, it's the more third... of a thing in the second one. But isn't the plot of these new <clears throat> games, Lara Croft is, uh, again... Trying to find out about her dad's backstory whilst a mercenary group are trying to kill her repeatedly. Yeah. Like it's the same villain in both the games, same company involved. and, and... No, Not quite. No, it's a different company in the second one. Mm. But is it but... spun out of the first one's story? Not quite. Mm. See, I know they're trying to ground it a bit more. And I know there's some mysticism in Rise of the Tomb Raider. Like... There is some mysticism in, first, in the first one. Yeah, but I just fucking... Just, I'm sorry. If you're gonna make a movie, go back to the go back to the drawing board. Look at those first couple games. I want my Tomb Raider trailer to end with Lara Croft fucking legging it through a temple, looking like she's on, you know, like she is running for her fucking life. As like a bunch of monkeys scramble past her and we're like, what's going on? And then the T-Rex smashes through the doorway. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to see that. I want the T-Rex from the first one. I want to see that. That's what I want. In a Tomb Raider movie. I want to watch Lara Croft fucking taking out a T-Rex in a jungle temple. But no, she's... That's what I want to see. Running around with a handmade bow in a grubby tank top. 
like being lectured to by Walton Goggins. I mean, hell, if you want to do more realism, look at Legend. Look at like Legend stuff with the espionage and like the stuff in China where she's like just shooting up all those guys in in the big party. Yeah, like that's freaking that is badass as fuck. Like she's there, she's undercover, and then she's rumbled. She literally dives behind the bar, kicks her shoes off, lowers like a belt that was already tucked under a dress, and there's two fucking Glocks already there, and she's like. Oh, right, here we go. And you just like, she knew this was going to happen. Yeah. And then she just spends the rest of that level leaping around shooting people. It's cool. I want to see it. Tomb Raider should be fun. Yes, there's emotional depth you can tell whilst being fun. Look at the Guardians movies, for example. No, but... But Tomb Raider should be fucking fun. But these have to be gritty. And here's the thing. And real. Here's the thing as well. Doesn't Survivor just feel like they're trying to go, Hey! Girl she's power? A, she's hey. a survivor. But it's just like, yeah, but you're playing Destiny's Child. That's distracting as fuck. In this... You've done an epic arrangement uh... of a Destiny's Child song. What is this? I thought we were getting away from the slowed down pop songs in Ooh. movie trailers. No, nope, I, I will go and see Tomb Raider. I would like to be... I would like to be wrong. I would like to have a great time. I'd really love to enjoy it. It just looks really dull. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing Uncharted The Lost Legacy at the minute. Um, cause I brought it off of my in-laws. Um, it, I, like that, just that. Is it all right? Just, just Chloe Fraser, like yeah. that. She's she's the closest we're gonna get to the Lara that's not with us anymore. Yeah. I've not I've not played it, but I've I've seen a lot of it being played secondhand. Because the previous and Lara's carried yeah. on, but in not great games. But, uh, the previous Lara's adventures carry on in comic books and um, top down. Uh, oh yeah, too many like go. co-op games, things like that. Uh, oh, no, Temple of Osiris. And, Osiris. Yeah. Uh, but those games are titled Lara Croft and yeah. so that keep in keeping with the Indiana Jones style serial spirit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like that's great, and it's still um, Keely Hawes voicing her in those ones. Cool. Who is, for my money, the best person to have portrayed Lara at any <laughs> point so far because she did it in the the trilogy, which is again the best Tomb Raider Legend Anniversary. And uh, Underworld. Yeah. Oh my god! Which is also an Indiana Jones-esque structure. I've just realised. Yeah, because Anniversary like, is Because Le- Legend's a story. Anniversary is a prequel. Uh-huh. Themes in both of them tie in to work into the third and final one of the story. Yeah. That trilogy is amazing. I've never... I've played a bit of Anniversary. And I'm such a point. hypocrite. Because I've just realised... Like, if that structure is, is done consciously, then that means that they're all being done off of an Indiana Jones formula, which means, once again, her entire story is her following in the footsteps of a dude who did it first. Damn it! God damn it, society! You need to book your ideas up. The girls could do shit too. Wonder Woman's box office proved that. And rumours may or may not be proving that that lesson has been learned. Yes. Is that the next news item on the agenda? There's been rumbling this week. Is that next on the thing? Oh, smooth segue, he says, ruining it by acknowledging it. The rumour is... That um, Marvel have hired a writer for Black Widow. Yeah. A solo Black Widow movie. It's not been confirmed yet. No, no, no. But, um, News outlets have been going on about yeah. it like it has, but we've still not had been, the word from Disney yet. You know, there's been many rumblings about it, and I think it's a fairly safe bet. Scarlett Johansson's come out in the past and been, you know, quite eager to do it, but she wants to do it before she gets tired of wearing a black catsuit, mm. which, you know... Yeah, I can I can understand that. Yeah, like it it is it is that's a physically like, demanding thing to do. Yeah, so, some some people can naturally remain svelte and comic book like in their proportions, but yeah. for everyone else, ninety five percent of people, 
it takes work. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson is like working hard yeah. to make sure she's she a is, woman now, you know, well, so. she's yeah, she's she's a she's a mom. Damn it! Um, I think she shot Ghost in the Shell after having her kid. Yeah, yeah. So like, and that obviously was a film that involved very like skin. Like she had to look yeah. basically like a nude robot. Yeah. So she obviously worked very hard to sort of get back that action physique for an actor who has only really become an action oriented star in the last couple of years really yeah, I think she's always like Black to. Widow was almost her like sideline yeah she was mostly like in, in dramas and, and stuff yeah um so now that she's you know fully fledged I mean she's still she's only 33 yeah so it's not like but she's it, getting, but she's it, but, age out of it but, no yeah. but like you Jackman has said like it's not easy no, to maintain either. like a you know superhero physique for a long duration. And you know, Chris Chris Hemsworth has been talking about wanting to do more Thor after his contract's up. But I think the rest of the Marvel crew are, are, are probably just like, yeah, not a good run on this. Let's do something else now. Yeah. Because I'm, um, you know, I'm I'm Robert Downey Jr. I'm 50 odd. Yeah. <laughs> Give me at least 10 minutes to have uh, Live Vita and a lie down. And I'm Chris Evans and I want to direct. And, you know, and fair, you know, fair play to him because like, They've been doing this for a while. Yeah. This has been happening for a long time. Um quite some time, man. So yeah, Black Widow might be happening. So I I pose the question to you, Christopher. Me? Captain Me? Why is two? I didn't say one, but... You didn't say Imagine that I said one. One, why hasn't this happened already? And two, what else... Would, should we have seen by now? What else of, are you hiding? In, what, what else are you hiding? We have ways of making you talk! Um, what, what other female-led superhero or comic book movie should we have seen by now? Or, on, 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 would you like to see? So question, question one, why hasn't this happened already? Yeah. Simple. Um, the Hollywood system has been conditioned over the course of many, many years, as has many other forms of media storytelling, and indeed society at large, more prominently. Uh, to not favour the female-led story, the female-led tale, which sucks balls. Um, many factors have played into this over the decades, either because, like, at certain times, female-led blockbusters, in particular, like, summer movies and things like that, haven't fared as well, either because they've been terrible products or under-marketed or what have you. Usually because or because of societal... Bad. It's societal conditioning. Because <laughs> you will still get... Believe it or not, there are still people out there who will go like, oh, that film, oh, I kind of watched that film. Who's the main person in it? Oh, it's like Natalie Portman. Oh, it's about a girl. Never mind. You're like, wait, what? What? Huh? What? Huh? This is both male and female people do this sort of shit. Um, then in recent huh? years, Hollywood has really been, or at least certain figures in Hollywood have been really been trying to turn it around to make sure that the playing field is leveled out for action blockbusters in particular. To be about like if it's a starring role for it to be a female lead. Um, some some get, film still don't get paid as much as the male counterparts. But, oh you know. god, even with the same agent, Wahlberg. Hey. So yeah, there's that. But we found out like in recent years that even now, even though even as even as social media is proving that society worldwide is getting more woke, um, <laughs> there are people who still, for some unfathomable reason, have problems with it. And certain films haven't helped. Uh, Sony, for example, have been trying to champion a female blockbuster for a while, but not because it seems they want to make a difference. It's because they want to be the ones to be like, oh, we did it first. Yeah. Um, hence Ghostbusters, uh, which again, didn't fail due to the casting of female leads or female leads being the main characters. It failed because it was a 
pretty bad movie. Yeah, I mean, um, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it ain't great. Same I, here, but do you have any desire to revisit no. it after the cinema? No, same here. So, Which is a shame. Like, it wasn't terrible, but I know, but not... the more clips I see of the home video release yeah. and all the extra stuff, the more I'm like, yeah, I'm never watching this again. There's an entire bit where Erin and Abby do a dance that they used to do in college that explains what the barrier is. Sure. That's a scene in the home release. Okay. Yeah, Moving like they like they wear black turtlenecks and do a dance. Okay. Yeah, because Paul Feig thinks dancing is comedy. Uh, anyway, <sighs> but like that wasn't that wasn't a, 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 someone again who enjoyed it myself. I will admit, on every technical level, that is a terrible movie. Like in terms of its execution and in terms of its pacing, it's terrible. It's all right. It's all uh, right. No, I don't know. I mean, come on. It's not a poison movie. No, but like it's a film that keeps like us. Getting distracted by tangents. Yeah, it it, that's it never stays on its own on its on its on its course. It never stays its course ever. Yeah, three billboards movie. does that, and that's got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, well, you know, stuff. <laughs> uh, but then you have films stuff like Wonder it. Woman, which again, Wonder Woman's not an incredible movie, but it's a damn good movie. Yeah, it does lose its way a little bit in the third act, but I don't mind <laughs> the smashy smashy big monster stuff. No, it it, it, it feels cool in that because it's like, oh, cool. Instead of CGI gorilla men with capes smashing into stuff, <laughs> we're going to watch Diana of Themyscira kick someone's ass. Fair enough. Plus, you're emotionally invested in her and in Steve in that moment. Yeah. So you're like, oh shit, how are they going to get out of this one? They've so, been building yeah. up to it, which is which works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they don't just spring it out of a freaking spaceship ten minutes toward the end and go, you're doomsday! It's like, for God's sake. Doomsday! Doomsday! Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, Wonder Woman has obviously helped turn the tide and financially, that's the, that is the biggest problem that makes it kind of depressing is that studios won't challenge the norms or put their faith in female-led blockbusters simply because they don't want to take the risk of not making money in case the public don't invest. Wonder Woman is the thing that hopefully will now turn this around. Wait. Yeah? Wait. Yeah. Are you telling me that everything mainstream Hollywood does is driven by the capacity to profit from it? (laughs) Yes. Jesus Christ, what a shock! (laughs) Are you shook? Are you hashtag shook? I never expected this in a million years. I'm I'm crying. I'm I'm so shook, my teeth are chattering. That, what you could hear, gentle listener, there was a pair of chattering teeth that I got a cracker at Christmas that only go about three steps and then stop working. Oh, I'm going to wind them up again. Oh, God. I'm going to do it on mic so you get the full hideous, mechanical <laughs> grinding of the teeth. They don't go very far. Oh. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> distracted oh, by the um, teeth. That's so weird. What? What? What should we have seen by now? What? What? Now that Wonder Woman's broken the levy. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, right. if I recall, the highest grossing comic book movie last year overall. Um, by the end of the year, it had the biggest take out of all of them. Spidey, I think, was the biggest opening weekend yeah. of them. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman's taken the most money since. Proving to or even those cold, heartless just interested in the bottom line and the green um, members of the production. Gotta see that green! Yeah, it's like, oh look, look what Wonder Woman did. Look at the business so, that movie did. Maybe she's just start investing. Black Widow is 
it almost feels too little too late. It does feel too little too late, yeah. At the same time, I'm still not going to sniff at it because I would like to see it. Black Widow has worked brilliantly as a supporting player in the MCU. Yeah, like, particularly in the it, Russo Brothers movies. Yeah, like she's been a... She's, she's, of the Captain America trilogy, she's been the co-star of two of those movies. Yeah. She was a co-star of one of the Iron Man movies in that trilogy, and of course she's in both Avengers, uh, with a cheeky cameo in Thor Ragnarok. Like, it's... <laughs> it's you know, she, she she works brilliantly as a supporting player. And part of me was like, do you know what would be cool? Let's give the two supporting players their own movie. Let's have, like, a Black Widow and Hawkeye yeah. film. Maybe the way you do it is you have a Black Widow movie and Hawkeye's a supporting player in that yeah. film. So you still kind of get that, but definitely make sure the spotlight's on Natasha. Yeah. So more, more kind of like the, 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 the Cap Black Widow dynamic in Winter Soldier. Yeah. But with... Don't Black necessarily make it about her dealing with her past or anything, but I think that has to play into it because it yeah. means you, you, with the Black Widow movie, you've got the room to do that where yeah. you usually don't in the other films. Um, and you could probably do it with a mite more sensitivity than Age of Ultron did where it dropped, yeah. it dropped something that was like there to make you go, Oh my God, I feel really bad for her. But done in a way where it's in the middle of one scene and then is dismissed, yeah, not touched on again. It doesn't really... In the middle of the mostly there for the family action flick with all the superheroes teaming up. Yeah. It just yeah. felt really odd to be like, hey, guess what? I can't have children because they stopped me from having children. But then there's also... An and, then, and then she refers to herself... Her less of a woman well, well, a yeah, yeah, well, pe- people, that's, that's... people thought that's what the correlation was, but yeah. uh, I, I, I got what the scene was doing. She's talking about like... She says, I'm a... In that scene, she says, I'm a monster too. She's talking to Bruce. But I, she wasn't talking directly about that. It was no. like the whole doctor going, um, and still not ginger. People were like, oh, he hates ginger people, does he? Yeah. It's like, no, he's saying he, he's saying he's not ginger. And we know from the last time that that kind of annoys him. Oh, never mind. Like, it, yeah. like she was referring to the fact that she was basically a trained killer who was conditioned to be a killer by yeah. these people. She's saying, like, I'm a monster too. It just unfortunately happened to be in the one scene where she was given character development by the studios, we found out. Joss Whedon wanted to do more with her in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that... That was one of his conditions. Was like you get to keep that scene and the farmhouse setting, if you do more of this with Thor and the premonitions and this with. And blah, Which doesn't blah, actually blah. go anywhere. Like... No, I mean, it doesn't even make sense here. In Ragnarok, there's a line mentioning it. Yeah, he says like I've been having these premonitions, uh, dreams of infinity gems, and the more I dug into it, the more I found out about plot to usurp Asgard, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, um, and then it's over <laughs> with. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's like, so, so yes, definitely delve into her past and talk about that sort of stuff. But ultimately, just do do what I'd like from Tomb Raider, please. Just have a freaking adventure yeah. where she has to deal with it and she's fucking badass because she is. And now would be a chance to, like, give more of your supporting players of the MCU a bit more of a spotlight as well. Yeah. Now's the chance to, like, put in more uh, Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill. Uh, whip out Sam Jackson to sort of be, like, the... oh. That's the element I recognise from Iron Man, for example, for like the really casual viewers. Oh, he's mm-hmm. involved in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was a pro- it was like a really cool spy movie. Yeah. Chucking a baddie from Agents of Shield, like as as a muscle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like pick, pick like crush a Creel or someone to be muscle. Cause to, cool to, sh- muscle. to show that oh yeah, she doesn't have to be stood next to the big green guy and then the bloke with the shield to deal with like superpowered threats. Like she can deal with superpowered threats. She can like be. she has learned a shit ton since the Avengers. She can be it. Like, shows that. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Get delve yeah. into there. Um, as for superheroes, I'm surprised they haven't had their own movies yet. Female lead superhero movies. Yeah, hit me. Hit me. Let's, let's have a bounce. Let, well, the first, let's talk about the ones that have happened. 
Because I think a lot of them are tied into why studios didn't risk the money um, making these. Are we talking about Catwoman? Because they're awful. 2004's Catwoman. Electra. Electra. Supergirl. Supergirl is pretty bad. It's terrible. Tank Girl. Not great. Tank Girl isn't great. Enjoyable. Oh yeah. Not good. It's so fucking <laughs> gonzo and off the wall. Beat you so hard, your children will be born bruised. It's just... It's just like, what is this? It's nuts. It's but yeah, it's not very good. Not. Barbarella. To a degree, Stripperella. Yeah, is that, is that a, French, a TV show? Is that the same thing? one? No, is that uh, French Bond Destiny originally. Yes. Oh, I'm thinking of Bob Wire. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. They made that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, hey, you know that? They made that. Uh, my super ex girlfriend, which I know isn't a property. No, but, but it's, again, it yeah. was a. Oh, here's a movie about a woman with superpowers, and it's a rom com where she's a jealous psycho ex. Right. Yeah. This is an uncomfortably mean-spirited movie. And it was. And it sucks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Electra, Gash. Oh, and, 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 hang on, is Terrence Stamp in Tank Girl? Uh, no, it's, um, Malcolm McDowell. Ah, right, they kind of look the same at certain ages. The oh, white hair and the dark eyebrows. Died. So Malcolm McDowell's in Tank Girl, Terrence Stamp's in Electra. Uh, yes. Is there is there, is there a, a, a sturdy actor with white hair and black eyebrows in Electra or Catwoman? Oh, Sorry, in Electra is Terrence Stamp, but in, in, in Catwoman is that the pattern? Is that why these movies fail? Um, because uh, they have fantastic actors with shocking white hair. These films are dreadful. Two thousand four Catwoman. Two thousand four Catwoman is abysmal, and it's one. It's one of those where like. Oh, yeah. I was like, when we do, when we eventually do like a worst superheroes video or episode or something like, what superhero movies? Do we talk about it? The more I think about Catwoman, the more I'm like, no, the internet's discussed this movie enough. It needs yeah. to die. It needs to disappear yeah. forever. It's fucking abysmal. Um, Electra's bland and boring. Um, but was also the first, like, expanded universe superhero movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. it, it, it was a spin-off from Daredevil. Daredevil. It's like, okay... And you see him briefly in an uncredited appearance uh, by Affleck, appearing in like I think it's her, her, her dream or something. Yeah, it's some kind of flashback or dream sequence, I think. And he doesn't he doesn't speak, Just... but it's like it's it's him. Do you know what I mean? Like you only see him for a moment and stuff. But it's like okay, all right, fair enough. Um, but now, like, deaded. Um, and also takes away one of the few interesting developments in the Daredevil movie. Regardless of your thoughts on it. Like, yeah. Electra gets killed. That's not traditional for, like, the first outing for a superhero movie to kill off the, the love interest character, like, in the first movie. That's different. Oh, wait, she's alive in her own movie. She's been yeah. brought back to life. Thus meaning that Daredevil exists in a supernatural that's, world. That's what happens in, um, in the comics. So that's what it has, that's what it has to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, what superhero films with female leads should exist? Um, while the DCEU exists, I don't think you can do this because the DCEU needs either majorly retooling or scrapping before you could do this the right way. Yeah. But I would like a Supergirl movie again, please. Done right. Because Kara is a fucking fascinating, wonderful character. And that super that Supergirl TV show is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Now, on the whole. While that is on the air, no rush to get a movie out. No. But, that being said... 
that would be nice. If you right, throw out the one that you would you would pay to see now. If you could, the one you would absolutely want to see now. Let's say the same movie, and then like second pick that that could be movie or a TV series or something like that. Because huh. the one that would be my second pick that I think would be a nice TV show or movie, but TV show might be a cool way to do it. Do it as like a, a mini with a big budget. She-Hulk, set in the MCU. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Like, I want to see the, I want to see a freaking courtroom... Superhero action drama action show. show. Yeah. Uh, I want to see that. Nice partner piece of I'm not sure how we'd be able to... It, it worked beautifully with Daredevil, yeah. but I don't know how we'd be able to tie it into MCU cleanly. Because Hulk obviously has an arc and stuff. So there might have to be some kind of like sideways way around it. And it'd have to be very expensive to do, or you just pick an actor who is naturally very built and work with that. So Shield isn't like, you know seven foot tall all the time, but is like six foot and, you know. Well, that's someone, like, someone like Gina Carano or whatever. That's like. the thing about She-Hulk, though, is that she is... She is an expression of uh, Jennifer Walters' sort of internal uh, strength. Like, yeah. the, the, the Amazon she wishes she was. Because Jennifer Walters is just kind of small and mousy and, and yeah. a good lawyer, but not, you know. And then she turns into this giant green Amazonian goddess. Yeah. And it's um, like, oh my god! I'm gonna keep being a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, so, but like the best fucking lawyer ever. Um, she can't dealing with dealing with superhero cases. Oh, <gasps> yeah. make this into a show. So if it was like, oh my god, powerless. Yeah, with courtroom stuff mm. and street level action. You might have to do it out of the MCU continuity for it to be easy to set yeah, up. Yeah, I though. guess. Um, it would be pretty fucking funny though. I mean, let's see how the MCU is after Infinity War Part Two. Let's, yeah. see, let's see where that, the Hulk story is by goes. that point. Because I I know Hulk's not going to get a solo film, but I'd still like to believe that there is like there are Hulk adventures going on at some point where he's like fighting um, freaking A-bomb and things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, do, do, do. Um, in terms of my main pick, like what I think would be a cool movie, Squirrel Girl. Ah! Yeah? The unbeatable Squirrel Girl. She's going to be in that... that and, um... and you... Oh, yeah, I know she's, she's going to be in... Um... New Warriors. New Warriors. New Warriors. Is that MCU set? I don't know. I don't know with these new Marvel TV shows. Oh yeah, because there's like Cloak and Dagger and, yeah, and, and, Runaways. and Runaways. They're all on different networks. Runaways so, supposed to be pretty they're all in the MCU. Yeah, apparently, freaking dinosaur in the last episode. Hey! Um, like, so they're all they're all in the MCU, but they're all kind of their own little separate thing. Yeah. Um, who is it playing Squirrel Girl? Because I remember there was fan casting at one point. I don't remember. And I'm people trying to people trying to fan cast the. Um, the uh, the actor who played Barb in Stranger Things just because she sort of looks like her. Yeah. It's like, I don't doubt her acting ability, but as Barb, let's stop casting but... people based off of that. Um, I don't know how I feel about her overall, but I remember reading at one point someone said, "Oh, like Anna Kendrick could be a fun Squirrel Girl," and I was like, mm. <laughs> "That sounds that's actually mm, yeah okay yeah." But I think I think I think you go all in. I think you go all in on the sort of the goofy, cute premise, and you cast somebody sort of non-obvious. Because Squirrel Girl doesn't yeah. Squirrel Girl isn't a teenager, is she? She's just called Squirrel Girl. Basically, uh, for those who are wondering, wait, yeah. Squirrel Girl? What are they talking about? There is a Marvel superhero called Squirrel Girl. She's being played by Milana Vaintrub. Okay. Um she's called Squirrel Girl. She yeah. is 
freaking adorable. Perky as all hell. Um, proper little like. <laughs> she's she's she, you'd want her to be your senpai. You'd want the herd to notice you, would you? Yeah, she's Chie. She is a bit <laughs> like, She's a bit Chie. I'm not um, just talking about the haircut. But like, she's dressed like a squirrel, Doreen sort Green. of. Is that the character's name? Yeah, Doreen Green. Yeah, she's dressed like a squirrel. She can talk to squirrels. Yeah. Uh, she's got super strength. Uh, to a degree. And super agility. To a degree. She wants defeated Thanos. That is a yeah. real thing. Um, she's basically whatever the story wants her to be, but not in like a, oh, it's your destiny, like Mary Sue trope kind of thing. Not like that. In a, oh, this story's going to be ridiculous. Great, she can take part in this ridiculous story. Yeah. Which is why it makes sense for her to be a movie in the MCU, because this way you can have your PG, you can have your PG friendly Deadpool in the MCU. Yeah. Like, that's how you do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Like, she would be a lot of fun. And again, like, just go all out. I mean, fuck Kate McKinnon. As an older squirrel girl. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she, she could pass for, like, mid-twenties. Like, she could pass for mid-twenties. Kate McKinnon could pass for mid-twenties. She could pass for mid-twenties. She could pass for mid-twenties. Mm. That, or you just go completely balls to the wall and you cast, like, Rebel Wilson. Yeah. Too goofy? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. All no, I know is, I would watch a Squirrel Girl movie. Because the thing with Squirrel Girl, she's very earnest. Yeah. I don't think Rebel Wilson's got that earnestness. She's just kind of cynic. She's just kind of like... Yeah. I'm good point. She's too... De- she's more Deadpool than Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Too deadpan, a little detached. Well, yeah. A little too cynical. <gasps> oh! Oh! Again, what? if we're aiming older, Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom is Squirrel Girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad show, actually. I, just, I mean, yeah. she'd be freaking adorable. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> oh right. my god! Oh my god! Oh no! Do, do... Right, so you have Squirrel Girl on the TV show, yeah. but... The New Mutants. But... Not New Mutants, New Warriors. Do a Squirrel Girl movie that's the Squirrel Girl take on the apocalyptic, like, last story for that superhero trope. Like, a Squirrel Girl Dark Knight Rises. Old Man Squirrel Dark Knight Returns. Girl. Yeah. Yeah, call it Old Man Squirrel Girl. Old Man Squirrel Girl. And she's not, she's not old, she's just like in her 30s, you know what I mean? And it's... Yeah, but squirrels don't live that long. Ah, there you go. And cast Rachel Bloom. Do it. Do it. Marvel, do it. Oh, God. I would watch the shit out of that. And let her write it as well. I would watch the shit out of that. Oh my god! And include at least brilliant. and include at least one musical number. Yeah, because why? I not? Would, but have the villain sing it, and every time she goes to chime in, like another verse interrupts and carries on. So the whole freaking beautiful payoff of the joke is you've got somebody who's an excellent singer and songwriter, and she doesn't get to sing a damn line. Okay. Who would the villain be? The villain's got to be someone ridiculous who could be a genuine threat, but would be ridiculous to work. Um, like you need to, you need that guy made like... of Nazi bees. Uh, no, he's the swarm. He's, no, he's the muscle. Swarm, swarm. Swarms the muscle. <laughs> swarms the muscle. Oh my god! Oh my god! Swarms the muscle, so you can have a fight scene between like five squirrels and a small group of bees. <laughs> it should be the the serpent society. Yes, that's perfect. That is perfect because there's legitimate threat, but also she shows up and is just like, wait. What? Constrictor and um what, did you all, Did you all like meet up and go, let's be snakes? Let's be snakes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take you down. The squirrel is the natural enemy of the snake. And they're like, 
No, it's no. not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, it is. The, the, the squirrels, when they like leap on snakes. No, that's, that's a mongoose. That's a mongoose. Oh, could you speak to a mongooses? Mongoose? No, no. <laughs> Great. Can you guys speak to snakes? No, no. I have a giant tail. <laughs> my arms can extend. <laughs> I'm seeing this in my head and it's so good. My helmet sort of looks like a snake. Squirrel Girl versus the Serpent Society in a movie. Oh, oh my god. Yes. Um. <laughs> We've stumbled upon a gold mine! We can definitely convince Rachel Bloom to do it. She once posted, her birthday last year, she posted on Instagram. Um, she, uh, she loves like creepy crawlies and reptiles. Okay. So her husband paid for basically a reptile petting zoo for her birthday. Fantastic. So there's just photos of her sat there with like a tarantula on her hat and she's holding like an albino python. Oh, And of she's got like a lizard on her lap and it's like, yeah, I think we could say, hey, Rachel Bloom, hi. Um, Do you want to be... Squirrel Girl, Squirrel? Villains, Serpent Society, and Squirrel Girl. <laughs> like, you oh should totally do this. Because Marvel would be like, no, we want to push the next big villain. And she'll be like, no, 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 no Serpent no. Society. <laughs> Listen to these guys. They've got some good... Because <laughs> the squirrel oh God. is the natural enemy. <laughs> Fuck, if you get Rachel Bloom, then you do a Snow White thing for a scene. Like, you do the oh whole, like, whistle while you work kind of thing, but with squirrels. <laughs> it's Mr. Popper's Penguins, but with the Serpent Society. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! What have we wrought? I want this movie now. Why do we do this to ourselves? Because we're amazing, and we should be working in hand. Oh, no. And then it'll get all the Oscar noms. Oh, dear me. And the Oscar nomination for Best Representation of a Man with Long Arms Ghost. <laughs> oh, dear. And oh, oh, and Viper's got to be the head of it. I know she's got nothing to do with them, and she's in a weird copyright territory uh, with Fox. Don't worry about that shit. No one else does. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. That would be awesome. Okay, right. What, what female superhero movie do you want to see? Aside from Matt and Chris's... Squirrel, squirrel girl, girl versus the Serpent Society Old Man Squirrel Girl. Old Man Squirrel Girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, no joke. Oh my god, I just... Oh, well, fuck it, yeah. Sorry, um, I want that movie now. I don't know. I don't know. You know why? Hmm? Because a lot of the good ones are coming. Like, Captain Marvel's coming. Yeah. And, um... Oh, alright then. I take your Captain Marvel... And I raise you, a few years later, after we've had the Captain Marvel movie and she's inevitably appeared in an Avengers film. Come on, look on Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel. Yes, please. Is she not Ms. Marvel anymore? In the comics? Yeah. I think so. Where did I read? I read somewhere that she's not anymore. That she's gone under a different name. Uh, not that I'm aware of. But I'm not, I'm not kept up with... It's probably to do with the, off the back of Civil War 2 or something. Yeah. Like, she um, feels disillusioned, so she's well, no, like, they, not the Marvel name. Or the something. younger Avengers mm. from that team, post-Civil yeah. War 2, they... they then go off on their own and form the champions, which is like Amadeus, Cho, Hulk, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, Mars Morales, Spider-Man, yeah. young, time-displaced Cyclops. Kate Bishop Hawker? Uh, no. If not, why not? <laughs> she's not She's not part of that Avengers team. Ah, fair enough. She's not um, part of that Avengers team. <clears throat> she's, a, she's a different set of young Avengers. Oh, fuck's sake. The young Avengers that are all based on the original Avengers. Hi, my ways. name's Chris Johnson. I'm just going to stick to Spider-Man. <laughs> just going to stick to... That's complicated. Spider-Man. Um... um I would uh, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. Yeah, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. Yeah, or or again, a mini. Or a just TV like show. make a make a the highlight of a Netflix series. Just like yeah, the first MCU Netflix series is geared toward families. Like a uh, uh, teen girl in high school 
who has to deal with the, the you know, being an, an American Muslim in the, in the current climate, plus being in high school in New York, plus also being a superhero. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Fuck. And also he's a massive superhero fan girl who keeps bumping into people she writes fanfics about. Holy fuck. Like, okay, so I know there's an element of that in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. But the, him, him sort of hero-worshipping Tony Stark and wanting to be an Avenger. Yeah. But imagine if you did a scene where, like, you know, Ms. Ms. Marvel's dealing with shit and Spidey, like, comes in and sort of wraps it up. Like, it's, maybe she's a bit over her head and, yeah. with it. She's dealing with... But it's like, she it's like Mysterio or someone or Shocker and she just can't quite handle it. And he shows up, like, just in the nick of time and this, that, and the other. And he's like, oh, everything's okay. And she just goes, wait! You're a kid! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm a kid too! You're like my age! And he's like, uh, uh no, no, She's no, like, he's no, like no, four no, years no, older no. than her at most. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh my god. This is like when he's in college. And oh my she's god. Like a senior so she does, she's not hero worshipping him. Maybe she's low key crushing on him. Yeah. But you could totally do the story where she's basically just like, I want to hang out with you! Unless, <laughs> like, I want to hang out with you and learn shit! And he's like, by then Miles uh, has turned up. Yeah, well. In which case, Miles well, will be around her age. I think they're going to save Miles in the MC. You for a maybe later, yeah. which is why the go ahead for the animated one happened. Yeah. So that it's like, yeah, this is a brilliant character, and we should totally oh, I don't think tell the story. Soon, but I think they're keeping Miles in their back pocket. Well, I I think with the Spider Verse yeah. like angle, yeah. they're they're like, you know, oh here's the you guys want Miles? Here's Miles for now, mm. and it's going to be excellent. It's going to be its own thing that's completely his. Like he is the star of this Spider Verse picture. Yes. But maybe ten years down the line, when Tom Holland's done, we can bring in Miles. See, it's difficult to pull from... when when they're when we're at phase seven, where we've got Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, yeah, and uh, and Miles Morales. It's difficult to pull too many. And Doctor Strange as the head of the Avengers. Female characters from Marvel <laughs> because Marvel look very good at having female supporting characters, but they're very bad at having female characters who have their own books. Until recent years, yeah, um, like Sue Storm is great. Yeah, but she's a support. She's never had her own title. She's a. I might have had a mini here and there or something, but she's a supporting character. Yeah, she looks great, but she, again, her her series is her legacy, last. and also her legacy is tied into tied the Hulk legacy. Um, so yeah, she's not really stood around two feet. Again, re- rewind. Had the MCU f- uh, Netflix series not existed, like I would have loved to have seen Alias. Yeah, and I think yeah, yeah. I, I know Alias was going to be a TV series for ABC. It was in development before the Netflix stuff came along, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and this was pre the Marvel deal as well, wasn't it? I think yeah. they were already in talks about yeah, it. Yeah. But it would have been, you know, PG-13. It would not have been what it is on Netflix, that's for sure. Yeah, so it's a good job it didn't happen, really. Yeah. But that being said, a Jessica Jones movie, I still wouldn't be against that now. No. I think there is a way to do a superhero noir film. And obviously she'd have to... Drop a few swear words to get into the 12 certificate. <laughs> but I think you could definitely do a Jessica Jones movie where it's just like a... Yeah, she's put on a case. And that's that's your excuse to do a one-off Jessica Jones alias investigation story where you can have, like, Tony Stark pop up in it. You can have, like, Pepper Potts be in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that would be like, the ideal... T- like, maybe not the Captain America uh, affair... <laughs> I don't know. I was going to think like adapt that first arc of Alias. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there are ways to do it. And I think that would be quite cool, especially yeah. because, especially because Jessica Jones series one ends with her being like, "Okay, yeah, now I'm going to run it properly." So it's like, cool. <laughs> and then Defenders the comes along. Her. And she's like, "No, nah, I'm not running this properly yet." Yeah. Fuck this shit. I'm going to take five minutes out to punch this punch guy dudes, and also there's a dragon beneath New York. Um, <laughs> a dragon skeleton, sir. How do we feel about? Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. 
Have you heard the news about that? That apparently the what the was, Harley Quinn movie yeah, is now which Gotham was City Gotham City Sirens and it's now Birds of Prey. It's Birds of Prey. Which, if Harley isn't the villain in that movie... Makes no sense. Makes no fucking sense. But I mean, then again, the Birds of Prey TV series made no sense because Harley was the villain, but she was the head of a cosmetics oh, company. Yeah, yeah. And it was basically Sharon Stone's character from the Catwoman movie, except where wore Harley Quinn colour schemes in her but costumes. But then, like, also, how many of the Birds of Prey are actually birds? Like, Black Canary. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I so. just, ugh. Batgirl, Batgirl would still be awesome. Batgirl would be would be an amazing movie. Cool. Um, I'd watch a Batgirl, not even necessarily Barbara Gordon Batgirl as well. See, I, I'd want Barbara Gordon Batgirl just because I'd I'd like Gordon to be a player, and I would like Batman yeah. to be in it. Well, but, he needs to be, I think. Yeah, but but in that whole like, it's that line of questioning or whatever that he's like, "There's nothing to this," and she, like he's dealing with something bigger, and she's like, "No, seriously, I know I've only been doing this for like six months, yeah. but." There is something more here, and I know what it is. And Bruce is just like he's at that point where he's like, "Look, we need to pick our battles now. Is not the time." And it's the whole thing of her. She's still sort of young and impetuous a bit. Like she's sort of seventeen. She's like, "No, oh, fuck it. I'm going to investigate." Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's that whole thing of like she goes in way over her head, but learns shit along the way. And by the end of that movie, it's like, "Yeah, I know my limits, and I know how freaking great I can be if I if I do this right." Like a coming a coming of age story that's not about like coming of age about, so much as like learning who you are what about the modern the Batman fire. plus it'd be a great excuse to like showcase some more Batman villains that wouldn't make it into the Batman movie yes. modern Batwoman yeah but I th- I'd rather see Batgirl first yeah um, I think I think modern Kate Kane is, is quite an interesting character as a soldier oh stick her in Birds of Prey yeah maybe like that'd be an ideal way to introduce a mainstream audience yeah. to that character is a part of a, a part of a team up um because then you go like, oh shit, like don't have Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Maybe have her like, maybe have her oracling, like she she's the one who sets them up. Yeah. After she's had got a bit of experience under her belt as well. Um, but she ain't Oracle, she's Batgirl. But they don't have to necessarily know Batgirl's the one who set them up. They could all just be approached by this freaking computer thing that is that face. The Oracle and, face. Yeah. yeah, so that's how you get away with doing Oracle yeah. without fucking doing killing jokes so there we go are there any are there any really cool female DC superheroes you want to see Vixen not so much as a movie really Sorry, are there any like... really cool DC oh scenes? Vixen's awesome <laughs> um, I would like I would like a I, again like, I'm, not, I'm not stretching not out awesome I would like I would like a Catwoman movie yeah a proper Catwoman. A proper movie. Catwoman movie, not Gotham City Sirens, because I don't think you should make Harley and Ivy the heroes of a cinematic story. No. Like, I would like to see them be the villains. They can be really, like, they could be really yeah. cool villains. I like and to see I'd like that. to see that. Um, so maybe, maybe you twist it. Maybe it's a Catwoman movie, and your antagonists are Harley and Ivy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and you do something like that. So we yeah. get like, you know, the the. Sneaky, sneaky, nicey, nicey, cat burglary, cat burglary, but with the... Yeah. Um, All right. A a Catwoman one would be really cool. Done properly. That'd be freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, In terms of the DC female heroes that would sort of kick... Hawk Girl. Yeah. That'd be pretty fucking cool. I I I think you'd have to Thor it. I think you'd have to be like, yeah, this whole mythology already exists. Because also because the Hawk Girl Hawkman mythology is so confused at this point, like yeah, they're Simplify. either Simplify. they're reincarnations of 
like ancient Egyptian folks, but also they're aliens from Thanagar. Yeah. And they're police people, but also they're still reincarnations of these people and nth <laughs> metal and Yeah. Yeah. Simplify it. There's you a fucking there's, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a planet and they're from that planet and she's hiding out on Earth because she has to. So she's sort of been made to forget who she is yeah. and circumstances mean she has to come back to the forefront. Oh, so it's Highlander is. two, basically is what you're saying. Yeah. The <laughs> The Hawkening. The Hawkening. Um, um That doesn't make sense. Um oh god. But yeah, just Yeah. And, Hawk de- and sort of detach it from Hawkman. But visual wise that'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. Especially if she can like retract the wings. Or they're just kind of like because she's connected to you know, was it Thanagar? Yeah. She's connected to it, maybe it's like another dimension or whatever. So it's almost like here she looks like this. So you can kind of blend yeah. it a bit. It's so like that way she, that the wings could suddenly just whoosh, sprout like out of nowhere. Yeah. She doesn't necessarily have them, but she can kind of channel it. Satana? Um, fuck yes! Oh my god, yeah! I mean, come on, we're in a world where Doctor Strange is now mainstream. DC does not have to tiptoe around, oh, will people not, like, will, will people find magic in a superhero movie, like, a bit silly? It's like, no. They bought it with freaking yeah. Sherlock over there with it slinging his ring. Like, I think you guys could get away with, oh my god, look, this really famous magician. She's awesome. Wait, hang on. What, she's, she's actually dealing with supernatural <laughs> threats? Just this glamorous stage magician who's actually a magician? Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and just, like, you go, because we're not going to, we are not going to get in this modern movie landscape a Harley that we'd like to see who works with that that very classical kind of look, like, you know, yeah. the way that Harley in the animated series, Batman animated series handles, there's that very sort of classy, like, old school gangster flip kind of, like, look to a lot of the villains and the way they behave, know, and, I... and some of that glamour, and, and that, that pin-up style where it's pin-up for the woman, not for people to go up at, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Harley yes. Quinn kind of thing. Zatanna has that kind of traditional look and feel. You could make a really fucking classy, like, superhero comedy movie. That just owns, like, doesn't this look fucking cool? Like, doesn't she look amazing? Doesn't, like, the whole, the whole freaking curtains and the old theatricality style, do you know what I mean? You can just, like, you can make something that visually would be wonderful. The fishnets and the tuxedo shirt and. Like, you own, you own up to the kitsch of it all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You embrace it. I'd maybe turn the, maybe turn the fishnets down a little bit, but then, but keep the, um, well, here's, here's how you do it. You keep, just make sure keep the you just make sure closed. Don't do the cleavage thing. No, no, keep not, it closed. No, unless I, I don't know. I mean, if it's not gratuitous, you could probably get away with like a bit of summon summon. No, depends. I think it. I think it looks better. Uh, with you, the... you don't. You don't need. Um, the, you don't need the bottoms to be like tiny knickers. Like they could be shorts. Yeah, like you know, they get or, or slightly more modest, like underwear outline, yeah. and then like the fishnets. But you have the fishnets going to boots that are like thigh high, maybe you know, um, knee high, maybe. So the boot, no, not thigh high. Thigh high is too sexy. Knee high, knee high is still kind of like you can get away with the smart. Look at us discussing women's fashion like we yeah. fucking know what we're talking maybe about. Maybe lose it. I mean, this that silhouette. As long as the... you, as long as all right, the upper half completely tuxedo with the white gloves and top hat. Yeah, the, 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 and then the bottom half can be fishnets down to um, like boots or something. Well, look at the um, the animated series, Santa. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, like they avoided fishnets and they went for the dark grey. Yeah, there you go. The, what you, what you, the, the the points you need to hit are yeah. The top hat. Yeah. The hair. Yeah. Bow tie and tuxedo tails. Yes. Slender legs. Yeah. That's the silhouette you need to hit. 
You yeah. can do that without going to cheesecake. Cheesecake. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Like Harley Quinn should be, Zatanna is a sexy character because of the character. Yeah. Like, the look has an outline. Of course it does. But it's comic books. Like, they, they can't help themselves. Everyone's wearing skin-tight outfits. Yeah. Like, that's how it looks. But, like Harley Quinn should be in her all-over, like, stocking and face paint and daft hat, the sex appeal comes from the character. With Zatanna, and I don't mean this in a, you know, a sleazy way, yeah, but like, uh, <laughs> I don't mean it to be sleazy. Zatanna, I you could get it. away with doing a really slick, stylish, sexy comedy movie that's set in a superhero world. Sort of like, now you see me, but yeah. good. Yeah, well, yeah, when I say sexy, I don't mean like you do the long, lingering shots. I mean like, the, the, like again, traditional Harley Quinn, the sexiness comes from how classy it is. The confidence of it all. Do you know what I mean? I'd watch a Lizzie Kaplan Zatanna movie. Lindsay Kaplan. Liz- Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. What's Lizzie Kaplan from? Uh, well, she's now you see me too for a start, but uh, I've not seen that. What uh, she's from? Uh, oh, she replaced Isla Fisher. Yeah, yeah. She's the she's the um, she's the kooky like best friend girl in Cloverfield. The one who explodes. I mean, both of those <laughs> things make me think she'd be a good Lizzie pick Kaplan. for Z- both of those things make me think she'd be a good pick for Zatanna. No. <laughs> She explodes, and she's she the kooky best friend. She's in loads of good. She's in loads of good stuff. Um... <laughs> oh my god, I want to uh, uh, What is she best known for? Um, all sorts of stuff. Um, well, she's one of the talking heads at the beginning of uh, Disaster Artist. Um, I'm trying to find things that you would know her most from. That's right. Is she one of those who sort of pops up a lot in like indie comedies and and? She's in and... Uh, Item Forty Seven, Marvel One Shot. Oh snap! Um, yes, I know who you mean. I know who you mean. Yes, she would be. She would picture. be lovely. Actually, she'd be a good Zatanna. Um... <laughs> oh, like... that, that, that's that's yeah. Uh... God, imagine if that's how we pitched it. Like, so what is it? Now you see me, but good. Now you see me but good. Wait, no. Now you see me too, but good. Now you see me but good and without all the guys. Yes. <laughs> Although you could totally do like back um, backstory mythology with uh, Zatara and stuff like that and talk about like, oh, this is where all the shit came from. Yeah. You know, la la la. Maybe I've guest appearance from, I don't know, Etrigan the Demon. Guest appearance? Oh. Uh, uh, Make the villain... Make, make Constantine. Him, make the muscle. They were of, together for a while in the comics. Make the muscle of the villain Etrigan the demon. Like Etrigan has been, it's that whole accursed thing of like I'm putting like you are you're in my way. I'm making you the target, and I'm gonna fucking summon this thing and make it go for you. Because I know Etrigan's a, a good at heart, but obviously does some horrible shit. Yeah. Um. Make the villain He's a demon. Make the villain Clarion the Witch Boy. <laughs> yes. Come on now. Just, you've got to get over this Clarion the Witch Boy thing, Chris. Never! <laughs> I want Clarion the Witch Stop Boy. Stop trying to make Clarion and the Witch Boy happen. I it's want... never going to happen. Right, fine. Give me a DC movie where all the children fight. It's <laughs> Clarion the Witch Boy and Baby Doll versus Damian Wayne. And there's no yeah, sharp right. objects. They've all just got to hit each other with pencil cases. Okay, okay. Last Man Standing. Or Baby Doll. <laughs> oh, I revisited that episode of the animated series recently that was amazing um, is there any more we can think of off the top of our heads to shoot out before we go I I think there is a way I'm, I'm a sucker for the pulp stuff um, I think there is a way to do like a modern Sheena for example without it being gratuitous visual smut 
Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> especially especially after we got like a Tarzan movie last year that was dull as fuck. Yeah. Like, maybe what you need is oh fuck that. Here's Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, having a freaking kick-ass adventure. Like, just something like that. There is a way to do that kind of story without it being gross. Do you know what I mean? There is. I mean, you're a step away from Vampirella at that point. No. <laughs> I don't think you could do that. I don't think you could do... No. No, you couldn't. You couldn't do Vampirella. Um, you could... I mean, you could... You, could you do, couldn't, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You could do, like, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Red Sonja? Ooh. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Fuck, I'm sure there was one, wasn't there? Yeah. You could totally do Red Sonja. You know, there's a, there's a Conan Wonder Woman mini out at the moment. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'd read that. Oh, hang on. What was it that... Who's it's got Red Sonja currently? Um, uh, Dynamite. Dynamite, yeah. Didn't Dynamite do... It was called something like Sword of Sorrows. Possibly. It was a crossover between a bunch of their female-led books. Because it was like Sheena... Not Sheena. Jungle Girl. Jungle Girl, yeah. Um, what's her name? Red Sonja. Uh, oh god, I can't remember. There was like it was like four of their female-led books. I think Vampirella. It, it was a team-up crossover. Yeah. Do something like that. Just fucking go yeah. balls to the wall. Yeah. Like lure everybody with unnecessarily like you know uncomfortable sex appeal. So many chainmail bikinis. And then when they're in there, be like, oh cool. Did you see the poster? Great. Well, they only like that for one scene. Let's do the rest of the yes. story now. Um. So yes. 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 Um, yeah, no, I, we'll come back to that one because that's uh, that's food for thought there. I think it says more about our reading habits that we couldn't come up with more. Um, yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, you know, it, it's we've got to expand our horizons. Expand our horizons. But it also it also does say a lot that, like, in terms of <laughs> in terms of the industry at large, like, obviously, it's our reading habits, but still, the industry at large, it's like the fact that we can't think of. As many as we would say, it's like male-led books. Mar- Marvel and DC are both putting out more female-led books than they have in, in the past, but they're not lasting. Mm. They're not. They're just not sticking around. And sometimes that is simply down to them just not pushing well, or, I think also, or taking that risk. And this is something that came up when when Comic Pop were talking about it at the end of last year. Maybe they're just publishing too many books. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're just trying to do too many books because it. it I, I don't know if, if, if volume is the way to go. Um, Looking at my waistline, I'd say yes. <laughs> I am st- i don't know if they're stretch- overstretching in terms of the market. I don't think it's as big as they, big as they think it is. Maybe even as successful as the movies are. But hey, it's it's fine. Speaking of... Speaking of We're five minutes away from Gwenpool. Speaking of quality <laughs> over quantity. Uh, <laughs> oh. Let's go to the emails. Hey! hey! Um, first one we're going to pick up from last week on Luke. We didn't, we didn't do this one last week. Okay, one sec. Um, one sec. Uh, I just picked it up. Hey. Hey. Uh, hey. Um, <laughs> Luke says he's writing this while we're watching Shaun of the Dead and taking notes for the podcast on our suggestion. No, oh, thank you very much. How's that? Um, and of course, you got a reply to your yeah. to your message email from from his friend of, of crazy person. Are we fans of an idiot abroad, the morning of life? The Ricky Gervais show, Carl Pink, 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 in general. Uh, I have watched a good few episodes of An Idiot Abroad. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, it's, really. It's, I'm not really that into it. It's fine. I'm yeah. not super into it. I, 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 I like 
Oh god, there's like a really creepy helicopter flying above the house. The black helicopters! Dun, 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 dun. I, I like seeing through the cracks Jesus, of Carl Pilkington's um, persona. Yeah. Because he definitely is that sort of like slightly thick guy. Like in terms of his, you know, bluntness with his questions and yeah. some of the stuff. But he's also f- wickedly funny. Like, so I, I, like look, I, I like watching him and trying to figure out, are you doing that one on purpose or was that an actual daft question? Do you know what I mean? You're like, which which one is this? Which one is this, Carl? You know how to play a room. Like, what's going on? He's a fascinating man to watch because of that. Mm. But yeah, I, I've, I've not really pursued much else. <laughs> I have I have little to no opinion. Um, what what's your favorite Bill Nye role? Ooh. Um, how about you? Have you got one? I really like Bill Naim in everything he's in. I just really like Bill Naim. Um, um, I really, I. It's not a very well-known movie, and it's also not a great movie, but it has its moments. Is a, a, I think we've talked about this before, actually. You and I. Uh, there's a movie about a band getting back together called Still Crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's very good in that. Good. That's him and Jimmy Nail, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Which is so weird because it's like, oh, fucking Jimmy Nail. Jimmy fucking. Um. Nail. So yeah, and. I quite like him in The Boat That Rocked. Yeah? Which, yeah. he gets a lot of shit. People don't like that movie. No, he's And I really good. like it. He's very good in that. Because it's like... Frost. It's, no, yeah, it's yeah. full of fucking, like, great British actors. It's fucking uh, Nick Frost and Chris O'Dowd and Risa Fans. Uh, fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it. Um, it's fucking great. But no one likes it. Really? Catherine ob- Parkinson's in it. She's great in it. <laughs> Really obvious nerdy answer. I like his very brief role as um, Mr. Black in Vincent and the Doctor. Yeah, that's lovely. That's because lovely. it is just this... Right, it's a very short part that is just like a paragraph at the beginning and a wonderfully written paragraph at the end. Mm. Who do we give this to Bill Nye? It's like Bill Nye. Richard Curtis just fell in what he's like, I'm writing a little part, would you play it? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Great, I'll tell Wales that you're going to be free. Uh, um, how do you feel about his slatty bark fast? It's not really the Slotty Bartfast I have in my mind when I think of that story. It's a little too Bill Nye presents Slotty Bartfast. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that movie was this person presents this yeah. character. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he does he does a fucking phenomenal job acting through um, a squid head for uh, the pirates. Oh, two and three. of course. But it's even more fascinating if you watch the behind-the-scenes footage because it is earlier performance capture. Yeah. And it's aged very well. But on set, it's just him in a grey unitard with ping-pong balls stuck all over him and a bit of eye makeup. Hmm. Like, that. that's... So, so he's playing that role in a way that looks ridiculous in person. And it just makes you like what he did even more because you're like, fuck, he's committed to this. Bill Nye's alright, isn't it? No. Oh. One second, I'll knock Chris is going to go and answer the door. A there's, there's a mystery knock. So I'm going to continue to fill uh, this time with, I don't know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, let's look what's coming up on YouTube. Oh, it's Movie Bob's Top 10 Most Anticipated Movies of 2018. I'll put that in my watch later list while Christopher receives his package at the front door. <laughs> um, Luke, I, I, I love the, the stream of consciousness of your questions. That they're not sort of 
I don't know what he said, but I agree. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm shelving you now. They're also quite good. Um, Christopher, never ever receive a package during the podcast again. No. Do you know what? I'm going to strategically have one delivered every episode. You should have let it go to voicemail. By which I I mean your neighbour, David Voicemail. I was not rescheduling a freaking delivery Um, of that. I'll tell you that for now. Okay. I'll do a live unboxing. I won't. Don't. It's a shelf. Don't do a live unboxing. You know know, the desk is moving in the new Tat Cave plan? Yes. That's going on the desk against the wall. This man's drawn a floor plan for his Tat Cave. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, just Um, so I knew I I could move everything around. And then... (laughs) And then... When I showed it to Matt two days after drawing it up and already started (laughs) to move it around... (laughs) I've got... Five long cabinets and three short cabinets in my office. Or have you? But in the floor plan, and I only freaking noticed it about ten minutes before we started recording this, I'd missed out a cabinet. One of the long ones. Now, there is a place where it can fit, but it means sacrificing a um, small cabinet with uh, a, a, an old CTR TV on it. CRT. Sacrifice it to the god of cabinet! So, I'm going to lose a small TV, but we'll see what happens. But yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. It was just, um, it was wonderful. It was just like, oh god. Final question from Luke. Where do we stand on Nicolas Cage? Uh, well, not at all, because that's impolite. On his throat. Unless, of course... he begs for mercy. Unless, of course, he... <laughs> unless, of course... He lays across the puddle <laughs> to stop your shoes getting wet. Because I think we can all agree, Nicolas Cage wouldn't lay his coat down for you. He'd just lie on the puddle and be like, stand on my back, it's okay. I, 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 think, I think it's safe to say we both very much enjoy the work of Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went to a Prince Charles cinema all nighter of Nicolas Cage movies, so... That was the first time I'd seen Bam- Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss is fucking great. It's even better when you're sleep deprived. A, B, C, D, E. Oh, man, it's so good. Um, <laughs> Nicolas Cage is, is not always good in movies. No. But he's very rarely boring. Yes. And when he is boring, he's very boring. Yeah. But he's very, very rarely boring. Nick Cage, is an act- I admire him a lot as an actor because he just goes for it. Whatever he's doing... <laughs> Apart from the boring ones. But the boring ones, you can sort of see it and go, yeah, he doesn't want to be here. I um, want to get shot in the eye with an arrow. And then they said no. But then when I did this movie, I said, I want to get shot in the eye. And they said yes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Drive Angry's fucking great. You should watch Drive Angry. I want to um, take his face. <clears throat> <laughs> no more drugs drive, for that man. Hang on, I've got Drive Angry. It's very good. Yeah, this is the one with freaking um it's William Fickner. William Fickner yeah. is it's basically Ghost Rider again, yeah. but no flaming skull, and William Fickner is a more intimidating black heart. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I've got it. It's really I, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's it's thunderously boneheaded, but it's really good fun. I'm gonna come back from hell to save my granddaughter and protect her from the devil. I'm going to drink a beer out of your skull. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Matthew, foreplay. Dan Daniel P comes in with a correction from last week. Oh? Um, Big Daniel P. Uh, I said something about Rusty being a character we were surprised to have missed. This was meant to be a joke, and the way I wrote it was meant to imply Clara before revealing, no, it was actually good old Rusty. 
I was quite late when I wrote it, so I don't know what I was thinking. And I can assure you I don't actually have an obsession with Rusty. <laughs> I think you're just trying to reframe the narrative. <laughs> Anyhow, while I'm on the subject, I'd just like to say that I thought Rusty was a nice addition to the episode. And <laughs> I feel they said enough with the episode reviewers to not have seen Into the Dalek and still get it. No! <laughs> Rusty apologists on the internet! <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. What's uh, what's what's his email address? Uh, I love Rusty. Sorry, no, we're only funning, Dan. We're only funning. But stop apologising for us. I uh, am not any... a rusty apologist. You are a rusty apologist. Anywho, while I'm on the subject, I'd just like to say that. Uh, yeah, well, hang on. I read that bit. Um, however, hang on. Is this a question? No. Uh, just checking the legal reason. <laughs> However, it would have been still been better if Clara had been the cause of the time troubles, and the only way to fix it would be for Rusty to shoot Clara <laughs> multiple times. And then Nick Cage walks in and says, I want to drink a beer out of your skull. Uh, this time is a joke, but honestly, the more I think about it, the better it could possibly be. Um, I really enjoy the way they fitted the, time, the 10th Planet footage in seamlessly, <laughs> and the recreations were great fun. Uh, I'd recommend looking for dele- the extra deleted scenes online as I predicted they got another use of those Mondasian Cybermen. And on the topic of Dem Fields, I was fine for the actual regeneration, but I got emotional at the scene just before when the Doctor's alone on the battlefield and sure wants to do and then gets a last goodbye with Bill and Nardo! He's Nardo! <laughs> he ate it! He ate my whole body! <laughs> <laughs> That was your favourite thing to come out of those it's videos, one of my wasn't fa- it? It might be my favourite thing Five Movie Fans have ever done. Um, <laughs> this delicious pizza. Now... This <laughs> pronunciation of pizza. Now it's time <laughs> for one last question. <gasps> a Doctor Who question that we must reluctantly answer. What? Matt and Chris, two Doctor Who fans, reluctantly answer a Doctor Who question. Um, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
fucking insta- unstoppable this and time. Also, you'll see, like, Stephen Moffat talking recently about how he regrets the Dalek redesign. Ha! I love the Dalek redesign! I like them too. I wish they'd have stuck to their guns. Yeah, I like the big chunky um, Daleks. I also really love the bronze tank design, but that needs to change now too. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's just a, a repaint, even if they just have a new colour scheme. Let's just, do, let's just give it, it doesn't need to change much. Let's just give a new, a, a new, a new Dalek paradigm. So to speak. Give them, give them the, give them the middle, the middle body ringlets again. Oh like, yeah, get rid of the grate cool. and give yeah. them the ringlets and stuff like that. Just tweak, tweak the models you already have because it'll be the most inexpensive way to do it and give them all a complete repaint. More balls, less balls. Superior Dalek technology. Um, and I see breasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Moffat, oh, one we liked him. Charlie um, so, says yeah. this one in this, Charlie, la- this come, last email. Charlie, come, boys. I'm currently in the middle of a somewhat obsessive playthrough of last year's smash hit for Sony, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. This is due in no small part to the world building, profound and exciting plotting, and phenomenal performances by the principal cast, most notably Ashley Birch as protagonist Aloy. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on the game itself. Bit of minor sleuthing showed me that Matt's already dipped his toe in Horizon's waters based on his PS4 trophy list. I've played like... 20 minutes of it like the, the opening tutorial bits um, and the wider topic of performance in this still new and evolving medium is it important or even necessary to you any particular performances performers that stand out um, Jennifer Hale as Femshep is a particular standout to me given the number of branches in that particular story trilogy she's somehow able to factor in player agency to her performance and make each choice make sense so that your own personal journey through Mass Effect and its sequels feels fluid and natural as always, smooches. Yours ever, Charlie. Charlie, come, Charlie, come, Charlie, come, Charlie, come, Bubble Gum, Charlie, come, Charlie, come, I have not, I have not played much Horizon Zero Dawn, but I have seen almost all of it being played. Yeah. In my house, because I got it as a as a as a present for my girlfriend, and she devoured it voraciously. Mm. And um, I sort of lived, lived by, yeah, it's like a snake. Yeah. Like the Serpent Society. Society. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming round. Uh, um. And yeah, she just, uh, so I, I, I ended up seeing a lot of that game and it's got a hell of a world and great plot. I think, and I was listening to this, I listened to another podcast talk about this on the way up here. Um, they were talking about it on Waypoint, how kind of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came out and sort of ate a lot of Horizon's lunch. Because they're quite yeah. similar games. It's a great way to work. And yet very different games. <laughs> mm. But they they kind of come out at the same time and, and I think a lot One's of a new IP and one is a very long standing legacy yeah. that people were excited to see a new entry into the franchise. And on, it was also so. the best new entry that the franchise has had in a long time because it yeah. was the first one that took some major risks. Um but no, Horizon Zero Dawn, great. I'm just trying to get around to playing it. And yeah, Ashley Birch's Aloy is is fantastic and there's all there's all sorts of great performances in that game. Um, Lance Reddick stands out he's in that as well and and a couple of others Uh, yeah no performances in games very important I'm going to agree with you about Femshep because yeah Jennifer Hale's excellent I love some fucking Mass Effect and I play I I do try and play Femshep when I I can because yeah so so, so Jennifer Hale is Femshep Jennifer Hale is the female Commander Shepard and you can become you can select female Shepard from two no from 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 number one. one Yeah. I'm knowing what I know now from that because I did not know that she played it. Yeah, you could choose your gender. I'm, select- I'm selecting Femme Shep yeah, yeah. for my first playthrough then. Matt Mir's fine. Yeah, but, but Jennifer, Jennifer Hale is Jennifer Hale is, is goat. 
Yes. She's fucking she's excellent. Good. And she has been for years. I, I, th- I think I was first aware of her work in, I think she was Mary Jane in Spider-Man Animated Series. I think it was when I first, yeah. like... I've always she, played, she played games. a bunch of X-Men characters and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, especially, was... especially in the games. I think she was Jean Grey in most of the game adaptations. She years. was the Stiller in Knights of the Old Republic. Yes! So oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's just choosing Metal Gear Solid. Mm. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Speaking of performances in video games, yeah. everyone in Metal Gear Solid... Except having recently gone back to Metal Gear Solid Five, <laughs> yeah, not so much in that Keith where they recast a bunch of people. Reca- everyone's the same except Keith Sutherland is now Snake, oh, and it just doesn't work as well because he doesn't, doesn't try say, to he doesn't say anything. What's the actor's name? David David Hater doesn't even approximate anything David Hater did, and doesn't have any of the same sort. It feels like a different character. Well, it'll be because Konami just it'll be because Konami were just like I'll just say it, however. But then again, apparently it was it was something Kojima wanted, wasn't it? Yeah. They Why? Just, they just fired David Hayter and got Keith Sullivan in. Do you think it was something like he'd always wanted to have him involved in something? Or, that, or they'd promised him to be involved in something? Probably. And it fell through that many times he just went, I'm going to give you this. But it just means that they got someone in to do a bunch of uh, voice and facial motion capture. And then he doesn't actually do much because there's not that much of that dialogue in the game. So freaking stupid. Um, oh. And... Yeah, uh, it just it just lost a bit of its flavour. That being said, a lot of the vocal characters who vocal vocal actors who came in to sort of pick up the slack, so to speak, were, were fucking awesome. I mean, Troy Baker's Ocelot is pretty great and takes a fairly central role. And um, I saw the fancy character plays, called Ocelot. Who plays who plays Kaz now? I think it's Robin Atkin Downs. Um, he just does a great Kaz. Is it is it Kaz? Is it Robin Atkin Downs? Let's look up. Let's look it up. Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, it's Robin Atkinson. Um, I think it's very. It is still a new and emerging sort of form, but I think performances in games are more important now than they ever have been. Um, I mean, regardless of what you think of his games, or his, uh, well, any of him, yeah. David Cage's games have have been quite, um. Uh, quite exploratory in the way that they've brought a performance into the into yeah. the way you play a game. Um, I don't think any of these games have been particularly good, but they, they've been hey, interesting from that point. Hey, of view. hey, <clears throat> all right. He knows Ellen Page. Oh, don't, don't. Um, we'll get to that another time. Um, uh, what are they, but in the what meantime, else? there's an excellent Jimquisition about it. To so give that a watch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it is more and more now. You're seeing motion and voice capture stuff from no, from like big name actors in games yeah. um, and even even like lesser known like <laughs> just remembered something what so, you know Kevin Spacey did one of the CODs a few years oh, yeah. ago yeah, yeah. Um, there was a joke story online and it's freaking fascinating there was a joke story online uh, from a, a serial news site kind of like The Onion that um, is it Activision did you call you yeah uh, were offering a patch to replace Kevin Spacey completely <laughs> with Tom Hanks <laughs> Brilliant. And then, Brilliant. like, they have, they have a little an interview with Tom Hanks saying, like, the moment I got the call from Activision, I, I drove over that day ready with my morph suit in the truck. Yeah. And uh, we got it done as soon as possible. It's just like, oh my god. I think... <laughs> oh, god, that's, such a, that's such a brilliant satirical news We've story. We've got to give props to Naughty Dog. Oh god! Oh, the stuff they've For done their, with, like, Nolan North the, the and everybody The stuff they've done with Nolan North on the Uncharted series... And, and the rest of that cast, and then K- 
continued that work even further with The Last of Us, with Troy Baker yeah. and uh, Ashley Johnson. Like that, the stuff they do in that is amazing. But um, no, there are so many standout performances in video games, especially from the last ten years. Yeah, um, but, but, but it's, it's that mix of performance capture and voice acting <clears> that's become a lot more prominent. Yeah. Um, which which is good. Uh, and it's its own skill. Oh, the GTA, GTA yeah. Five, like the, the the size of that, like shoot, it went. I think they 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 were working consistently for about a year yeah. on the bulk of it, and then the the main cast were coming back for like the next two years in pockets to keep coming back and doing stuff. And it's just and, and even now, like like the, the most recent stuff, like the Doomsday heist, whatever it is, like Doomsday, they, they, they would have they would have. Um, animated and filmed all that stuff like early last yeah. year so like even yeah. even as recently as 2017 they were still making stuff for the 2013 game GTA 5 yeah nothing I want to play um <laughs> fair enough single player DLC please no uh, actually no I don't want to play GTA 5 again. On, online's, um, online's pretty fun if you get what you make honestly <laughs> sorry that was harsh yeah, it was a bit harsh um, you could do that on my balls at least hey when I ask you um yeah I <laughs> We could literally spend the next hour talking about performances in video games, so we won't talk about them anymore. But yeah, yeah there's tons, and we've, we've listed a few choice cuts. We've listed oh, quality meats, quality meats. <laughs> oh man, um, the Arkham games. Yeah. Oh fuck yes, the Arkham games. Kevin Conroy, especially in those. Mm. I mean, Hamill. Yeah, but Conroy, like Batman, doesn't waver for a second. Mm. So good. Yeah, I mean, Telltale, like, regardless of the gameplay and stuff, like, the voice, the voice acting in those games is always yeah. really, really good. But the, the, the age of that engine is starting to show now. Yeah. And they're pumping them out too quickly. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I Some of them take ages in a way where you're like, you weren't finished. Yeah. You got this out to, like, Guardians, I think, has only just released its fifth episode. Jesus. Yeah, and I, I played the first, I, I played... I bought the f- I bought the season pass when the second episode came out. Yeah. Because um it ended up in one of the like summer sales. So it was like eleven ninety nine for the full season. I was like, okay, fair enough, I'll buy that. Well, you know, it's spend spend two I'll two buy quid. that for twelve dollars. I'll I'll spend like, you know, two quid, two quid fifty per episode. Yeah. But like, you know I'll be up for that. I played the first one, downloaded the second one, played other stuff, and then kept an eye on it. And it was only a couple of days ago that I was like, oh, let me see if they're all out. And I looked in the store and was like, oh, they're finally all out now. So I downloaded 3, 4, and 5. <clears throat> and yeah, they just pump them out of rate of knots. I mean, Batman, I've not touched... Uh, is it called The Enemy Within? The second one, yeah. I've not touched it because I was going to wait for a cheaper physical release because <clears> I, <throat> I did enjoy the first one. Well, the first season has um, just come on PlayStation Plus, so I might give that a go. Yeah, oh, it's on this month. You know, well, if you're playing for an extra cost, go for it. I do yeah. recommend it. It is fun, but it, it, like you say, that engine's aged. However, worth it for the performances. Yeah. Especially Troy Baker as Bruce Wayne. Well, that sells it a lot. He, yeah. He's really good. Because it, it's, it's so weird to hear his Bruce Wayne, because he's he's Lego Batman in... The Lego Batman games, not the... Lego That's Batman weird. games, yeah. not Lego Batman. He's not Lego Batman. He's the Lego version of Batman. So, Lego Dimensions... God, I've gone cross-eyed. Lego Batman 2, Lego Batman 3, and Lego Dimensions, he's Batman. Yeah. So, it's really weird to hear that voice coming out of... Something of, that is not a Lego. gritty Batman, yeah. Uh. Um, which is why I hope if Telltale do get around to doing a Superman, they'll just cast Nolan North, because he's Superman in the Lego Batman games. No, and they'll it, obviously cast Cavill. Henry Cavill for brand <laughs> synergy. But they'll give him a live-action upper lip for compensation. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Lego Batman, Lego Superman was just a live action <laughs> Henry Cavill's lip. It's like those old cartoons where they would just put the lips into still images. <laughs> like the old, um, the old Marvel cartoons like where they the just Thor pages from the comics. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a live action mouth. But just his upper lip. <laughs> just his upper lip. <laughs> it's a timeshare. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. And on that note, bigdamncontact at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us during the week. And of course, Big Damn Cast on Twitter. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, please do. And <laughs> tell a thousand of your friends to do the same and then watch our videos 4,000 times over. Yeah. And uh, we will catch you next week. But until then, Matt is going to butter <laughs> my brisket. Don't fall before then because I won't catch you until the next one. <laughs> no, really don't.